I'm up here with mixed feelings. I've been critical of the Academy and for reason. But this golden Sheila is a symbol, I think, and it is given for appreciation from those people whom we never see. Damon, Suds, the shut up of you face kid. They are part of our life. I refuse to believe that I beat the queen sucker. That I beat young Al Pacino and old Al Pacino. That I beat Wally Sparks. I refuse to believe that Ted Wass's sarong knot lost. We are a part of an artistic family. Blah 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 blah. And to that artistic family that strives for excellence. None of you have ever lost. What the and I am fuck proud are you talking about? What has that got to do with anything? I can't speak. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Hi, everybody. Hi. It's episode 67 of Opening Weekend. I am Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa, and my new friends, Omicron and Quarantine. It's true. It's very true. Sad, but true. But here I am, and I'm feeling I'm feeling all right you look great you sound great thank you thank you i've got my thank santa you. hat oh, on no me i sound very oh, good and look great you look like you've got something no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> that would be crabs you both look very very beautiful and uh yes this week it's the holiday party so we're handing out the second annual golden sheila awards as well as revisiting december 19th 2001 and the 20th anniversary of Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Ring, 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 Part one. Ringland. Uh, but before we review a movie, hand out an award, take a rapid test, Fred and Dan, A, how you feeling? And B, where were you all in December of 2001? I was in Cleveland in 2001, what? December. I was in uh, Cleveland, I'm why? realizing right this minute. Yeah, wow. I was, uh, why was I in Cleveland? I was doing... I was doing a show there at the Cleveland Playhouse, and oh. I was seeing this movie that we're going to be discussing, Lord of the Rings. I saw it there. I saw it opening weekend. I might have seen it opening night, possibly. Boo-boo-boo. What show were you doing? I was doing a show called The Tin Pan Alley Rag. I was oh, right. Yes, you played Irving Berlin. Right, right, I, right. I played Irving Berlin. Yeah, this was my first time doing it. This was a pretty, this was sort of a, a bit of a momentous Week. Well, it was coming up a momentous. It was a uh, my my grandmother died uh, oh, at the no. end of this week, actually, which was oh, really sorry. sad and 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 awful. But but not so. It, it was she. She lived a, a really long and 
lovely life. And, and it was sort of ironic because she was, so she immigrated from Poland slash Russia when she was a little girl. Cause at that time she, she would always joke at that time, it was like the borders changed so often. Like one mm. day she lived in Poland and the next day she lived in Russia oh, and Jesus. they didn't know her, her exact birthday. So, because they didn't, she didn't have any papers. So, um, she, I just got a text that you, I'm sure you just got to Jason from our friend Vinny Penna saying, geez, I thought the post credits for no way home are disappointing. Have we all three seen it? Let's discuss. Let's do that. Forget, oh. forget the story about my grandmother. Let's discuss no, no, no. Spider-Man No Way Home. I was going to say we should talk about it because it's the first real big opening weekend since we started this <gasps> And that's podcast, the name of this podcast. But he hasn't it. seen it. Yeah, but he hasn't seen it. Dan hasn't seen, seen it. it. Oh, I'm you haven't sorry. seen it? Sorry. Spider-Man's no. in oh, it. Don't be sorry for God's sake. Spider-Man's in it. There's a spider, <laughs> and, there's a spider <laughs> and there's a man uh, in it. I'm not familiar with Spider-Man. I, I knew Murray Spider-Man <laughs> from Conkuma. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not familiar with the movies. I know. You only reviewed three of them last spring. Oh, my gosh. Right. With the great Kevin Chinnick. With the great Kevin uh, Chinnick. Anyway, I, well, back I'm to sorry your about your grandmother. What happened? You insensitive asshole. Back to my grandmother. It was it was fine. No, but she was. So anyway, she didn't have her papers. So her birthday was they just made it. It was it was December 25th. It was Christmas. Oh, and fantastic. she ended up actually passing away on December. December 25th, <gasps> that year of 2001. So oh my God. it was sort of, and I spoke to her the day before, a day or two before, and, you know, she sounded very happy and at peace. Uh, but, you know, wow. it, was, it was sad nonetheless. And here you were playing one of the great immigrants, one of the great Jewish uh, immigrants from, from yeah. was he Polish or Russian? He or was, was it, yeah, he was Russian. Yeah. Israel Balin. Dan's always got context. Dan is always, he's always thinking, he figures out, he makes the connections. I'm just like. <laughs> All right, I'm like, I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm like, all right, you finish Wrap yours. Now, Dan, <laughs> you say something about you, and I'll say something about me. And Fred's got to figure out a way to say Gollum. And then. <laughs> Why well, is he he's talking about his dead grandma? Can't we talk about video no. games again? Or Batman or Gremlins VHS tapes? Not at all. You insensitive asshole. Not Jesus Christ. It's just, but then Dan starts saying, one of the great immigrants. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I start getting sleepy. It might be the wine. It might technically, be the wine. Technically, Gizmo was also a great immigrant. So uh, we can bring it all back to Gremlins. He came from the, the, the shores yeah. of the Pacific. What the fuck are you talking about? What does that about? got to do with anything? And Irvin Berlin wrote, what great Christmas song, ladies and or gentlemen? Cue Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want White Christmas. That's White right. Christmas, of course. That's right. The Jews knew. We yes. knew how to get all the guilt right? from you, Goyim. <laughs> Write the Christmas songs. They know. <laughs> Who wrote the Christmas song? Do you know that? Another Jewish, great Jewish songwriter. Joe Dolce? No. <laughs> Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Murray Spiderman. <laughs> Mel Torme. Mel Torme, Murray Spiderman wrote the first first uh, oh. stanza, but Mel Torme, can you really? believe it? Yes. I didn't know yes. that. What is the Christmas song? <gasps> Give us a little bit it's now, the, Jason. Chestnuts, That's called the Christmas song? That yeah. is called the yeah. Christmas song. 
Jack Frost. Everybody knows. Did they never say this is the Christmas song? No, but I'm trying to think. What did I? What the fuck did I think that song was called? This all this time. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Probably, yeah. I think a lot of people think that the first line. Right. This is wait. No, this is yeah. crazy. Or Mary, Merry yeah. Christmas to you. Is that like one of the lyrics? Merry right? Christmas. Christmas. To yeah. You. Yeah. No, it's yeah. just called the Christmas, Christmas song. song. Can you believe I it? It's that simple. I never knew that. And for the first time in my that? many years, <laughs> I'm realizing, like, of course, I love that. That's actually one of my favorite Christmas songs. Yes. I just assumed. I don't know what I assumed, but I've made an ass out of you and me <laughs> in doing that. That's crazy. Uh, what? So that is that one. Is that your actual favorite holiday song? Is that one you said? I really enjoy that one. I love uh, it's the most wonderful time. Yeah. And you know what Christmas song I love? I love um, uh, Hearing Aids, We're Stars. Do you know oh, this? Yeah, Let me yeah, see. Yeah, it goes, uh, we come strong, oh. we are Episode 60. What was that? 66? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, anyway, 65. So my grandmother passed away. <laughs> okay, oh, no. back to your grandmother. You insensitive asshole. It's okay. No, On it Christmas. was, uh, yeah, so I was in Cleveland. What am I going to say? I was in Cleveland. I was playing Irving Berlin. <laughs> my grandmother passed away a couple of days later. Uh, the show, I did another production of the show a couple of years later. They brought it to New York. Uh, they didn't cast me. Fuck them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what can Keep I say? Keeping it real. Keeping it goddamn yeah. real. No, fuck them. That, that was my role. That was my big, that was my dream role. That was the big Happy one. Holidays. It was very exciting. It was a great, it was, it was exciting to play role? something. You know, it, it was in many role, ways. But yeah, it, uh, until, and I didn't realize it until I started to play it because it was just one of those things that fit like a glove. Oh, what does that got to do with anything? You know, you know what was very satisfying was I auditioned for it a year before this. There was a production in Philadelphia. Yeah, you had a whole saga with this show and then it was supposed to go all the way to yeah. New York, right? And I went, yeah, it was a year later. It was at the Wilma Theater. I didn't get it. And oh, then yeah, I, I I was trying a new tactic in terms of getting getting my name out there and getting cast. And what I would do- Dropping was your pants I would, in Times Square? That was just for fun. That's oh, just something that I would do. And it worked. And that's how I got cast in The Lion King. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They said, those balls look like meerkat balls. <laughs> no, I would I would look at regional theaters, at the regional theater director, and I would see what, the, what shows theaters were doing. Mm -hmm. And I saw that this Cleveland Playhouse was doing this play called uh, The Tin Pan Alley. And I was like, oh, I, that's the show. That I auditioned for, and I felt a connection to it. So I found out it was directing it, and I got her address out of the the directing guild book. You can get it. Then I wrote her a letter, and blah blah blah. Whatever. Long story short, I ended up getting it. But it was one of those things that once I started doing it, I realized I was like, it was a great role, and it was a great, you know, it wasn't like a perfect play, but it was good. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is going to be the thing. Yeah. That I sort of live with for a while, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but no, they, you know, they. They fucked me. So, <laughs> fuck and them. who did they have do it? Um, like who? Oh did my they God, get like a star that, to do it? Or? No, this is going to come full circle. So I did it Don't again. Don't tell me it was the kid from Kate and Allie because I'll get very <laughs> upset. I'll get very no, upset. But so I did it again. I did it for several years after this. I did another production. We did readings. You know, it mm -hmm. was... 
Yeah, I was with it for a while. And then when I remember did it, when you were in the middle of this, Fred, and it yeah. was like, it's going to go, it's going to go. And then mm. they finally, it was supposed to go to Broadway. And <sighs> at the last second, they pulled it. Then it was going off Broadway. And the guy, and they brought in a new director, it was a new team. The guy they cast, and I don't remember his name, and I don't want to say his name anyway, even if I did, because I don't want to disparage him, because I'm sure he's a wonderful guy and a wonderful actor, and he's probably great in the role. He played the role of Gollum in the stage version of Come Lord on. of the Rings. Come what? on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, pretty, right. I guess they were. pretty That's certain. Right. Come on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They did. And, and apparently from every, it sounds ridiculous. You're like, there's a musical version of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> there's a video on YouTube that someone showed me, uh, about six months ago. And I finally watched it and it looks unbelievable. And How from everything I've read, here? it was incredible. Ring, 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 ring. Wow. Yeah, so. so, so the moral is you didn't get either part, not the Tin Pen Alley. That's a moral. And not the. <laughs> <laughs> but rather than, but this is the thing about Fred, rather than give up the business yeah. and throw his hands up and say, F this thing. He keeps at it. The hardest working man in show business. And look at him now. And look at Broadway, now. And on Shivering. Broadway. In a booth in my oh, basement, right. wondering if I have COVID. That's your choice. These Drink are all it. your choices. What do you you mean? can put on another sweater. You can put on a robe. These are your choices. You can put a heater in there. Go get a little heater. Burn the, the place down. And my grandmother died. You're going to talk that way? You insensitive asshole. God sakes. Dan, what were you doing? I don't know. Who? Listen, this is 2019? No. What no. year is it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> what year is it now? No, no. The year the movie came out. Well, not 2019. No, wait, wait, wait. Two, 2001. 2001. December 19th, 2001. Uh, I had Where just moved. I was just moving in with you. Oh, okay. Well, I was this still is sleeping the- on the futon because the, because yeah. Dennis was about to move out and I was going to take his room, but I was like literally in between apartments and I just, you guys had that fold out and I stayed Oh, well, with you see, this is about to become an amazing time in both of our lives then. Mm-hmm. We get to, now we had never, ever lived together before that, right? No. No, okay. I lived with Fred. And what was it like with living with me in, in those first few months? Heaven. <laughs> It was. You were a great roommate. You were fantastic. Yeah, are you ki- Come on. Are you kidding me? You were fantastic. You're I loved living in that house. It was so fun. Very, it was so much fun. so kind. It was such I a great, I'm, it was such a good combination. The personalities, the combination, you, Bob, Jeremy, me, we all complimented each other. And you were just, you know, you were, as you are in all things, a great, kind of a great lead because you were the one, it was your apartment before any of us miscreants showed up there and so True. you were kind of like you were the lead you were the gandalf of that <laughs> you were the and we were just all stinky little hobbits just following you looking for guidance i remember you would touch your big stick and then things would light up oh, wait. i remember pushing you off the roof and saying fly you fools and it never worked it never worked it right down onto the subway tracks each and every You'd come time. out of the bathroom after being in there for a long time and go, you shall not pass, <laughs> but I shall pass gas. You'd wake us up in the morning, you will taste man flesh. You'd be like, can I at least, can I have a coffee? Why did we never ask Fred to come and live there? I was, mm. where was I in 2001? You're still with Polofsky, right? Or no? No, that was back in the 90s. No, 2001, oh, right. I was, da- I had just moved 
fairly recently downtown to Tribeca because I was down there for oh. September 11th. I was 10 blocks north of, oh, of the tower. Right. So, oh, so that just happened at this that point. That just happened, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember that going to Cleveland, this was my first time getting on a plane since then. And man, oh. that was... Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. I went that My first plane ride was right around then. I went to Colorado. I was visiting my, my girlfriend at the time for Christmas. Amy and her family lived in Colorado. And uh, I went there and it was the first time getting on a plane. And... It was like just days after the shoe bomber. That was the big thing I remember. Like oh, the Richard Reed oh, tried God, to like yeah. light his shoe on fire, like right before Christmas. <sighs> so it was, in fact, that might've happened like just this weekend uh, after this movie opened. And, uh, and I remember being on the plane though and being like, you know, nervous about it, but excited. And like, you know, it just, it felt like, and I remember on the plane reading, I'll never forget. I had, it was the end of the year and I had Time Magazine, Person of the Year, mm-hmm. and it was Rudy Giuliani. It's America's Mayor, yes, right. Rudolph Giuliani, and he's right. like standing on top that. of a building. And you, I remember you've got that the, picture. Uh, you've got the mm-hmm. Empire State and the Chrysler Building and kind of in the, the way they did it, the angle of it. It was like the other great buildings still standing in New oh York City gosh. behind him as he's on a rooftop. And I remember thinking, yeah, we did it. Rudy took care of us and we did it. And Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I was like, really, I, I, you know, I drank all that. Well, everybody drank that Kool-Aid. He was still, you know, had a, a, a but, human, but for the time a, he a did. humanoid form. He was a great leader in that moment. It felt like, you know, I, I remember feeling that he had, way. He hadn't it. started melting yet. He wasn't right, molting right. or melting down his face. His, his fangs hadn't come in. People were saying, you know, oh, Cuomo for president. And I was like, oh, we were, we were, a lot of people were saying the same thing about Giuliani back then. Yeah. Like, let's just, mm, like, absolutely. yes, he's doing a good job because that's what a leader does and under the circumstances. But let's uh, just, you know, let's just, say let's hold off yeah i know but you get caught up in that you get caught up in that for you know after when somebody shows uh, necessary leadership skills in that moment and kind of you know feels like a a voice you can rely on so yeah and uh, everybody was rah-rah giuliani so so was i the rudy giuliani of our household or what did i more well you did rule with an iron fist no i don't <laughs> but you also touched our butts. So <laughs> a little bit a little of column, from a. column A. A little bit of column, column B. B. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I remember you used to do that when you when they were all sleeping and they would wake up and Dan yes. would be just leaning over you guys and be like, All we can decide is what to do with the time that we have. <laughs> and then you'd stick your fingers in their mouths. Oh, oh Jesus. No. And you'd always like walk out and unzip your pants and go, end my action. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. Say, but it was Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd say, Merry Christmas. <sighs> and then you ca- he would keep opening his palm and there was always some sort of a ring inside. But sometimes it was like, has this been on your cock? Is this, what kind of ring is that? The answer is yes. Sometimes he'd open his palm. There's a Cheerio in it, a, a, a rusty washer. He'd be like, "What are you? What's your point?" He's like, "I think you know what my point is. I think you know exactly." One of these to rule them all. He'd be like, "You're sleepwalking again." I'd say, "No, I'm not." Turn over. <laughs> Let me see your minds of Moria, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> oh my God! I'd say, oh, they have a cave troll, and Jeremy would come out. <laughs> Jesus. 
We love you, Jeremy. Sorry. It's the Lord of the Rings. The Fellowship of the... Ring, 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 ring! You son of a bitch! In the first chapter of Peter Jackson's screen adaptation of the J.R.R. Tolkien epic, the future of civilization rests in the fate of the One Ring, played by several different rings. Unrelenting in their search for it are dark, powerful forces, including the evil wizard Saruman, played by a Mad Magazine caricature of Christopher Lee as Father Time. But fortune has placed the ring in the hands of a young hobbit named Frodo Baggins, played by a middle-aged hobbit named Elijah Wood, for whom a daunting task lies ahead. Carry the one ring to Mordor and destroy it in the fires of Mount Doom, where it was forged. Well, that's still two movies away. But, you know, in the meantime, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, also starring Ian McKellen, Viggo Mortensen, Sean Astin, Hugo Weaving, Ian Holm, Sean Bean, Liv Tyler, and Kate Blanchett, earned $47.2 million over its opening weekend on its way to $315.7 million domestically and a worldwide haul of $897.7 million. Fred and Dan, what do you guys think? Of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. 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 That rings a bell. <gasps> ah. ah. Which brings us to our next film, The Lord of the Rings, <laughs> The Two Towers. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So what about it? Would you like it? <laughs> you ever see it? Uh, why are those two idiots along? Why isn't it seven? These two dummies... Everything they do turns to shit. It is exhausting. The two other hobbits. I Who are you just talking about? Oh, Pippin um, and Pear Tree. Oh, they're or, fun. Oh, Fred. They're, they're Fred. pretty useless for most they of them. Yeah, but a liability from moment one on this thing, I, and they're just there. They get Gandalf killed. I realized it on this rewatch. They get him killed. Right, they but they, well, but you got to get to the next movies for their liability for i know they go through a big transformation and a redemption and a journey great they're like otis the and second, this test mocker on the, the uh, yes, coming along. they're otises the, 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 <laughs> se the second one of them says where are we going Elrond hubbard should have said yeah you know what seven is better we're not going to do nine we'll do seven and you seven shall be the fellowship of the ring you two morons stay home because you're going to get someone killed that's my biggest problem with the movie but uh other than that it was lovely a lot of it doesn't hold up a lot of it doesn't hold up. I was surprised really? how, oh, really? how much of it didn't hold up for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, now way? I have the DVD of the 76 hour, you know, Peter Jackson version. Yeah, right. I didn't watch that for this. No. I watched the regular theatrical yes. cut. Me too. Okay. What we would have seen in the movies yeah. in 2001. That's yeah. exactly but what I have I that version as well, Dan, and it's, it's pretty amazing, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I haven't watched that one in a long time, but I was surprised about like, you know, Oh, right. It's called Mount Doom. Ooh, you know, oh, right. It's called, you know, I mean, it's very Star Warsy in the set in the sense that nothing is you, you get that little bit of narration at the beginning. It's kind of like the crawl at the beginning of Star Wars. And that's all you get. Everything else. It's like, no, just accept this, except that the elves are this way, except that she's going to say a lot of gibberish. Kate Blanchett, you're not going to know what the hell she's talking about. I have to go into the West and I have to do this, that and the other. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know why I'm supposed to care about it. You know, that didn't work for me. The two dummies who are along to <laughs> screw everything up didn't work for me. 
Hmm. Um, a lot of it did work. <clears throat> I like um, I like everything Sean Bean does in this. It's yes, fantastic. me too. He's, I he's, loved him in this, yeah. but I and I didn't. I don't remember liking him in in past no, rewatches. I, yeah, he was basically a blocking character. But I mean, he, yeah. he's he's you but know he's, so uh, good. I, he's wonderfully. He has such depth. I don't know. I liked it so much when it first came out, and there were so many little things that I was like. I feel like this is unnecessary. Ah, this doesn't really hold up. Ah, I don't know why. Hmm. Why are we doing this here? You know, um, and uh, it felt long, even though it was the shorter, shorter version. It's still three hours, though. But yeah, I mean, it's still pretty stretched out. I don't think you need to be in Elf Land for that long. Um, and, hmm. uh, uh, you know, I don't think you need to be in Hobbiton for that long. Now, that being said, did you know that I have been... Me, Dan Matisse, I have physically, myself, my body, my spirit, everything about me <laughs> has been to actual in New Zealand, goddamn Hobbiton. Did you know that? I think I did know that. You went to the Shire, right? When you were on your, I your cruise? Have been, yeah. I have been in the place where they shot this and they still have all the little Hobbit holes there. It's a huge tourist go, attraction. Yeah. It is a major tourist attraction. And we went there on the cruise ship. The whole, the, not only did we go there on the cruise ship, the whole cruise do, it docked there. And we like took a bus to get out there and everyone, every human that was on the ship went over there. That's amazing. For a big party and a big like nighttime, like party and buffet. And they had now the guy who plays uh proudfoot. He yeah. goes, proud feet. He was there. Oh, that cool. guy's a real guy from there. Oh. Yeah. He's an actual New Zealander, and they got him in. Is that and the they old man? Like, no. Yeah. That old that man who's got the grumpy face out on his yeah. lawn, or am I yes. crazy? And he goes, right? proud That's feet. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they had a bunch of people uh, that looked like the the Dark Riders, the Ring Wraiths, riding uh-huh. around on horses. It was great. That's awesome. And I, I will try to find the pictures, and maybe we can put one up on the on the on the site. I'm not saying I disliked the movie, but I was surprised in the rewatch of how much of how much of it I was like oh. I didn't hold up for me. It felt sort of, you know, did, uh, dare I say thin. Wow. You know? Wow. I really I liked it. Like it. I still like it. There's a lot to like about it. Have you have um, either of you guys yeah. read the books? No. Why the second R? Why not just JR? I know. It made it very hard. I thought I wasn't going to say it. Properly, I was like, I'm going to go Jr. I'm going to have yeah. a hard time with that. Why? Why well, two R's? That's my first problem with the, way, the books. Just the that's way he was born. Get, that's why I couldn't just, get past, past page one. I was like, I two know. R's can't do it. I don't know about that, but I have not read the books. But I, I, you know, knowing that they're so such epic tomes, I'm, I, I'm impressed that he, you know, they they constantly said this is unfilmable, and also that it's. Such a huge gamble. I, I, they'd never done anything like this before. Filming three gigantic movies based on like wizards and shit. I mean, it wasn't cool right. yet. None of that was cool. It was an right. incredible amount of money. So it always felt so impressive to me. Just the gamble. Just the bit. We talk about big swings a lot on the show. Just the big swing of trying to adapt it. And and I'm not. Right. I don't know the books well. Fred, have you read them all? No, I never, I, 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 no, I never read any of them. I have friends who love them. I mean, I have friends who read them every oh, yeah. year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I tried, it's funny because around this time, because earlier in the year, uh, the first Harry Potter movie had come out as well. And I remember yeah. I saw both of them in Cleveland and I think I saw both of them opening nights. And yeah. what's ironic was I loved, I, I don't think they had finished the Harry Potter 
uh, uh, all the books at that point. They're probably up to like four or five, maybe. Up but to four. I, yeah. I had read all the books and I was really excited about the movie because I loved the books, loved the books. I saw the first movie and I think Kate might have been in Cleveland with me. We might have seen it together. And I remember thinking, eh, I was, I was underwhelmed. Love mm-hmm. the books, but underwhelmed by the movies. Mm-hmm. I tried to read. I remember I brought with me, and I still have it. It's still sitting in the back of my, my bookshelf. I brought with me uh, The Fellowship of the Rings, the books, because I thought, mm-hmm. I know the movie's coming out. I know people love this. Actually, yeah. Suds' older brother, Rob, is a huge for. First time listeners, Suds is an old friend of mine from uh, from childhood, and his older brother Rob is one of those guys that reads the entire, you know, the all the, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy every year. He loves it. Wow. So I remember bringing the book with me, and I'm I'm going to read this. I'm going to crack this. I never read it growing up. I'm going to read it. I got bored. I'm like, oh my yeah, god! If there's like another like round of songs sung by the hobbits or the fucking elves, no. I, I couldn't get into it. And I'm sure it's a wonderful book. And I and it is it is something that every year I say I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it this year, and I just never do. Mm. So I was like, oh god, I'm I am. This movie's gonna be a slog. I fucking went out of my mind. I loved yeah. it wow. from start to finish, and I loved. All three, I, I was so excited about all of them. Like, I really, I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed this fucking movie. And re-watching it, I still really liked it. And it's, it's uh, I mean, yeah, some stuff doesn't, oh, no, I don't know. Like, for me, it actually, I was going to say some stuff doesn't hold up as well. To me, it all does. Like maybe some of the special effects. You know, the big, the big knock on these movies. I think the special effects. That's the thing at the time. Like you know, you're talking about big, like the whole Weta Studios is unbelievable. They fucking best CGI that that there ever was. Yeah, best CGI that there ever was. That this in Jurassic Park. Charlotteurus attack. What was my point? What was I saying? That um. Oh, the the big, the big knock that these movies get is that they're that Peter Jackson they, they can they feel a little overindulgent and mm-hmm. slow and Peter That's Jackson him. Yeah. really takes mm-hmm. his time and you know there's a lot of especially in Return of the King a lot of people complain that there's too many endings I don't mind that I like that now again I haven't seen Return of the King in a while for this one Yes, it's long. And yes, those scenes, you know, in um, in Rivendell, which is a Rush song, by the way. That's the thing. A lot of, oh my God, all the bands I grew up on, like Zeppelin and Rush, they were all singing about Lord of the Rings. I had no clue. It was the Battle of Elvermore, Misty Mountain Hop was a Zeppelin song. <laughs> Got him! Evil one! They're all into this. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Right, Jason. Had the, had the Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. Only three feet tall. Bilbo Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Well, he fought with the goblins. He battled a troll. It's so funny. Wow. Is, was this a big drug thing? Was Lord of the Rings like something? Yes, like, it was. You know, yeah, in, in the movie, so. you know, they're always on, they're smoking, uh, smoking those pipes yeah, all weed. the time. So I guess yeah. it's like, you know. Yeah, Robert Plant named his dog Strider. His dong? Yeah, he did name his dong Strider. Uh, uh, that, uh, that, he uh, named, uh, that he named Mount uh, Doom, I think. Uh, <laughs> but Doom. So, so that's that's the knock on these movies. I I didn't mind it then, and I don't mind it now. I named mine Mary for some reason. <laughs> I, I remember, you know, minding it a little bit with Return of the King, but like just feeling like, wow, it really... 
But but then you're like, well, he earned it. I mean, this is like a 10 hour. We put the, all those movies together. Yes. And then it ended up the third one won the Oscar. But this one was nominated for like like almost a record number of Oscars, like 13 Oscars, including Best Picture, including yeah. Best Director. This, a fantasy movie, the first of a trilogy. That's it's I mean, it didn't win the big awards. Ian McKellen nominated all that. But sure. just the fact that it was. It felt like such an impressive achievement at the time. And I really did. I I loved all three of them. We saw the second and third. The three of us saw those together on yep, opening night. I remember, I remember that. that. This one I saw a little after it had opened. I think I was of the mind like, oh, I'm not going to see. I, I don't know. I never read those books. I don't really care. You know, and I had seen the first Harry Potter and thought, oh, that doesn't that doesn't live up to the book. I can't imagine. I, I don't know if I have the patience <laughs> for these, but I, I, I don't I certainly don't think I'm going to enjoy a movie i remember there was a cartoon when we were kids yeah. in the 70s and that was the hobbit. Yeah, hobbit yeah yeah the yeah. hobbit no no there was the lord of the ring also the lord what of the ring was there? a theatrical release yeah lord of the rings was a was a movie in 1979 it was like a a, a theatrical release an animated film i don't remember that right yeah oh, i know neither huh. neither do i now i i don't i think i only saw little bits and pieces of it and uh, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of, not The Hobbit. I don't know. Maybe no, they made The Hobbit was an animated special. Yeah, though, yeah too. I remember it seeing was, The it Hobbit was. on TV, the animated yes. one, and, and I tried to read The Hobbit, the actual book of The Hobbit. I couldn't get through that. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what language this is. <laughs> a funny story, a little side note. When I was a little little kid, my dad or somebody in my dad's family got me a very beautiful, beautifully bound and illustrated edition of The Hobbit. Big, big, heavy book. It scared the fuck. Just looking at the pictures, <laughs> me scared too. the fuck out of me. And I took that book. I didn't throw it. I was a little kid. I was like, I, can't, I don't have the power to discard you something. You threw it into Mountain Dew? I put it, no, I put it, it was in my closet. You threw it into Robert Plant's penis? Through my whole penis. childhood. It was up on a shelf in my closet. And when I would see the word Hobbit, I got a little chill. But it was, oh, I kept God it sake. in my room. And I would look at it and be like, oh, there's that book. I That's beautiful, but I can't look at it. It's wow. too, the just the drawings upset me. So yeah, I was. I knew not, someone who used to see the word Bobbit and get a little chill, oh, and then she cut off her husband's penis. You're old. You're old. Um, I had the Hobbit yeah. record, uh, oh, the little gosh. storybook record. Yeah, and the same thing. It scared me. It freaked me out as a kid. Too much. It was too yeah, much. Was too not much for kids. But but this, yeah. I again coming up to this, I was surprised how much I liked this. I like the other ones. I mean, like loved them, thought they were amazing, you yeah. know, love the trilogy. Yeah. He is. I mean, this is quaint in comparison and, and restrained in comparison to what he does with the sequels. Oh, very with, much with so. King Kong and then oh, with yeah. the Hobbit trilogy, which is hot nonsense that that was ever, you know what I mean? That, that was ever stretched out into a trilogy. I don't know that it I even needed one those. movie. It was not, they're not good. They're not good. He's great. Oh, no. Martin Freeman's great, but it's like, yeah. yeah, all the things you don't like about <laughs> Lord of the Rings are just kind of, I think, um, yeah, they're kind of, they kind of are exploded out in, in those yeah. movies. But no. this I thought really worked. This I think he earns it. Yeah, no, I think this is great. You know, there, there's such, you know, you're saying that you, Dan, you, that you, you felt that they spent too much time, you know, in, in Hobbiton at the Shire. And I, I think you have to, because as I'm watching mm -hmm. it this time, you know, and it's also nice that he got to do three movies, but cause you get the sense of the journey. It's a, it's a 
big, it's an epic. I mean, in terms of a film, you, you don't get more epic and sweeping a fantasy movie than this movie or this entire trilogy. Hmm, you're you, right. you, you just, just, you don't. And I think that's because, I mean, it's also, it's beautifully shot and the cinematography and the locations are great, but because Jackson takes his time and because you you get to live in the Shire for so long and it's so pastoral and idyllic and nice and lovely. I think, I feel like you need to live in that for a while. So this way the stakes are higher. So you realize what's, mm. what's at stake for them to lose. That's, well, that's what like they're trying it. to get back to. I mean, they're like, yeah. you know, everything about right. them, they look like children. They're tiny people. They live and they live in a, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, everything's gray and black and silver and smoky and red. That opening's and, and amazing. Then they, it's, it's amazing. And then when they switch to the Shire, you're really struck by how incredibly green and verdant and it just how, yeah. how it's gorgeous. And you just want to, you just want to fall into it and, and, and live in it. But I agree, Dan, I think it does. I think it is a little too long. I don't need so much of the celebration, the little, party with the fireworks. I I, I do think Pippins and Cheese th- there, those two guys are... <laughs> oh, I like that's them! A, that's a very Wives of Windsor reference. Pippins um, and Cheese. <laughs> but yeah, I, even I, it, yeah, th- if that should tip you off, the fact they're shooting the fireworks out of the... Th- I mean, they're buffoon. I, I just, they can't... But it's setting them up for later. I don't care what it's setting them up for. They are a liability to the whole thing. <laughs> they are... It's like, you know, it's like bringing me along to SpaceX to do a physics problem. I'm going to crash that thing. You can't do it. We do not stop till nightfall. What about breakfast? We've already had it. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Don't think he knows about second breakfast, Pip. What about elevensies? Luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, supper. He knows about them, doesn't he? I wouldn't count on it. At the end of the movie, talk about like dead weight. You know, at the very end, Frodo's like, I'm going to go off on my own. And then Sean Astin was like, nobody needs you, pal. He's like, I can't let you go. And then he almost drowns trying to like, trying to so get he's there. Like, I'm here to protect you. I, this yeah. is the first time I watched it and I noticed like, you're, this is not selling the idea of you as a great protector. <laughs> no, like, come he's on, like, he's Samwise Gamgee. I know, are, he's I lovable. He's a little, no, he's a little much. He's a little much, although Frodo does end up needing him. But no, my, my point being, it is, <sighs> so you do have to appreciate the beauty and the serenity and the, there's a chi- something childlike about it all, I right? It's very fairy tale. Yes. And, and so he does, he wants to get back to that. But in the end, you find he can't, once he's been through everything, it's like, can you ever really go home again? And that's, you know, I mean, that's talking that's about the later movies. And I, but. I actually love when Sean Aston says, this is the furthest I've ever been from my house. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a great moment. And you kind of go, wow, there we've all had that moment. We have to have had that moment of like, this is as far as I uh, have been. You know, from yeah, the place that of, I the place that I grew up, and I think that's a really that's a really powerful moment, and that you know uh, th- that really struck me. Um, you know, it, it, but the, again, they're on that mountain or whatever that side of that hill, and Frodo wakes up and he's like, "You freaking idiots! Why are you making a fire?" And they're like, "Ooh, have some bacon." I was like, "No, you don't. You, I just well because they don't you understand. Can't, you can't go to the, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, <laughs> you go to the well once too often with this movie. You can't every five minutes, every ten minutes, have Mary and Mary and Cuckoo say we're going to do something <laughs> stupid so that we further the plot 
so that we put everyone in peril and so that Gandalf dies. You can't you can do that once, maybe twice. You can this movie does it 64 times and it's mind-numbing by by that time. Uh, and I then know. they're all crying after Gandalf dies like, "Yeah, you should be crying. Leave the group." I don't think they understand. I think a lot of them don't understand the severity of what this means. Well, they clear that's clear. They clearly don't, which makes right, them but dummies, I think- which makes me not care about them. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I guess in in the in the lens of just this movie, you can. It's easy to say why are they there, and I guess it's easy for us because we know the other two movies and we know right. that there is a redemption. They are important, so you see their growth. But yes, if you didn't know that, I can see why. And you know what, I. I, I if I really go back in my recollection, probably when I saw the movie the first time, I was most likely thinking the same thing and being like, yeah. these guys are a little annoying because they do come off that way. I'm looking at it now with a bit of second sight. You know, I already know mm-hmm. what's going to happen and like, no, they, they need to be there for a reason. But yeah. y- you're probably right. Um, Viggo Mortensen. Is uh, do you do you know the story about Vigo coming into this movie? He came in he like came a week like with with a week of prep or last, no prep. This or is just... the most incredible thing I'd ever heard, and yeah. and I re- I remember learning this on the those those special edition DVDs that you're talking about, Dan. Mm-hmm. Those are I remember watching them with our with our friend Nathaniel Jason Nathaniel Eaton. He, mm-hmm. We had just bought them, and that that was the first time. And correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like those those DVD the extra discs was like the first time where you really were they it was like a full-on two-hour documentary like it was they were as long as the movie i mean they were in depth and we watched them for all three each time those movies came out on dvd we would get them and they were so in depth but i remember we were watching it in his place and they told the story of ego and i was i was so blown away yeah the role was being played by um uh uh i want to say simon townsend but i don't think that's right Pete Townsend. Townsend from The Who. It might have been Pete Townsend. Stuart, is that Stuart it? Stuart Townsend? Townsend? Mm-hmm. I think that's who was playing it. And it, it, Peter Jackson felt like he was He felt like he was too young. He didn't have the gravitas. So, hmm. you know, they got rid of him or whatever. And I guess, Ooh. yeah, they, they offered it. I think they offered it to someone else, a few people. And then, you know, it went to Vigo and he didn't want to do it. And he asked hmm. his son. And he was like, what do you think? And his son was like, yeah, you should totally do this. Because I guess his son was reading the book. Yeah. He's like, you got to do it. So he's like, you know, I got to leave for New Zealand tomorrow. He's like, dad, you got to do it. So he got on the fucking plane, went to New Zealand. And the first thing they shot was the battle against the ring wraiths on the hill. Like the first, you know, when the ring wraiths catch up with them. Yeah. And it was, all the fights were choreographed by Bob Anderson, who's like, you know, did all the, you know, the Darth Vader stuff and like this mm. legendary fight choreographer. And Bob Anderson's like, Viggo Mortensen shows up the first day of shooting and this guy's one of the best fighters I've ever dealt with. Wow. One of the best guys with stage guy. Like, wow. knew how to ride horses. But like, can you imagine flying yeah. across the country wow. to show up in this massive movie and they're like, great, here's a sword. Now this is the this is literally the first climactic battle of the entire mm. trilogy. Go, and he fucking nails it. Amazing, mm. amazing. I could have done it. I yeah, chose man. not to. No, I just continue to choose not to. You're like I'm catering with gracious time. I've got <laughs> this this guy Jason sleeping on my futon. Need to tend to his needs. I have many roommates. I have <laughs> many things Queens related. That I have to. Vigo only deal had a with. son. He didn't have to. You know, he didn't have to anything to deal with. Right. He what abandoned he his do? child to go do. You know, a pretty good. <laughs> let's face a pretty good gig. 
But, uh, you know, I had other things going. The the thing for me about the movie is I found it not just so impressive, but so comforting in a way. It's a very, very immersive experience. It feels everything is so lived in, like the fact that it. It's a fantasy that feels like a historical well, there, epic. There's it's a so history. Beautiful. There's yeah. There's yeah. such a. There's it's such a, there when the movie starts. There's a feeling of history. But I remember what you were saying about Star Wars, Fred. About like you were okay. Now there's sand people. Okay. Now there's this, and this movie feels like that. It feels like it's modeled after Star Wars as well as oh, the yeah. Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Uh, hero. Well, of I think Star Wars faces. was modeled after Lord of the Rings. Oh, was I mean, it? Oh, what does that got to do with anything? But so for me, like the things that I remembered about it and that were thrilling to watch this time are so many images that are so great that very the fight scenes are wonderful, especially I think the greatest fight in the movie is between Christopher Lee and Ian McKellen. I remember that was so exciting to see those two elderly wizards, these old men with canes start throwing each other around, (laughs) spinning around that. that It was incredible. It was so exciting. I remember that was the first time the movie made me really sit up and go, whoa, what the fuck? Is this? And then I think the most beautiful image in all three of the movies is that scene where McKellen is up at the very, very top of the tower. He's been mm-hmm. kind of banished there. And then with the beautiful music, I can't remember who uh, scored Howard the film. Howard Shore. Howard right? Shore. This beautiful music following this, I don't know if it's a butterfly or a dragonfly yeah, a or some thing, sort of. Yeah. And the way that thing flies around above all of the carnage and above yeah. the tower and then flies past him and he catches it and kind of whispers to it and yes, then he, releases it. That, yeah. And then the camera does that vertiginous drop down into the bowels of the earth where they're building. It's incredible. There's some yeah. beautiful, beautiful imagery. And it was the way the movie made me feel. We talked at the beginning of the episode about how this is the Christmas after 9-11. And there was yeah. something about that these very simple stories of good and evil it's a very it's very simple it's it's a, the, the theme of the movie right power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely it's very very simple no matter who you are whether you're a child whether you're an old man whether you're a queen an elf whatever if you've got too much power you will be corrupted by it it's a danger it's a danger yeah. and yeah. it's it's very very simple very straightforward and i found it very comforting and the abstraction after living with real world evil or, yeah. or having these arguments about what good and evil and right and wrong and how do we take mm-hmm. the fight to them and who, who's you know like really grappling with grays you know the shades of the different shades of gray in between the black and the white then to have something that felt like it had really gigantic stakes but you felt safe too. I found it a very, it was very comforting to be in the world, even, even amidst the kind of turmoil of their, their journey and, you know, the highs and the lows. It, I don't know how to say, I read an article today that says it's the perfect Christmas movie. I don't agree with that, but it did come out at Christmas time. (laughs) It is kind of, you know, it has that kind of cold, cozy sit by the fire feel to it. But uh, there was something about this and Harry Potter and Spider-Man, which came out six months later, they're oh, all pretty simplistic, straightforward, great, just good versus evil stories that that really, really worked at that time because of the escape they provided from something so so traumatic. I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what
was meant to find the ring. In which case, you also were meant to have it. And that is an encouraging thought. It's funny that you mention that because I was actually just saying to Izzy today, I'm like, I would love to watch. I've been trying to get them to watch these movies with me for years. Mm. And for whatever reason, they're like, they're eh, no, they're long, they're long. Oh, wow. I wonder if they would be bored. I wonder if it would be, mm. if it wouldn't work for them. Um, they, I remember we watched The Fellowship a while ago and they were into it. It was, mm. I, I had to drag them into it and then they were into it. And then we just, you know, lost the, the momentum of it. Uh, if you could condense the movies down into a, like a 30 second TikTok dance, Izzy would watch it. <laughs> you know, mm. if you could figure out no, the choreo. they would be into it. But I do think it it, it is like... You know, I brought it up because I thought I actually said to her, I said, this would be a great movie to watch during the holidays because, no, it's not a Christmas movie per se. But just like, you know, we were saying it's a wonderful life. You know, the messages are so important. That's what the message is like. What do you do with the time that you have? You know, and especially, God, I mean, talk about a movie for the time right now. That's the whole thing. You know, no one wants to live in times like this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, of course, it's a huge burden. We can't do anything about that. All we can do is just, all we have to, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Just like what Dan would say to his sleeping roommates before he said to touch them (laughs) in the places that they touched the dolls before. A great eye. Lidless, breathed in flame. The eye of sorrow. He is gathering all evil to him. Very soon he will have summoned an army great enough to launch an assault upon Middle-earth. You know this? How? I have seen it. The sweeping cinematography and the battle scenes. I, I'd never seen anything like it. Now it's sort of, did, did the movie, um, well, this, yeah, everything copied Frank, this. Everything yeah. What was the Frank Miller, uh, graphic novel on blank? Oh, 300. 300. Did 300 was that before or after this? This was, uh, that was 2007. Uh, okay. Everything, everything well. you can think of that looks like this was after this <laughs> and, and robbed this, you know, it was like, oh my God, can we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Right from those opening scenes, I was, I was, much like you said that you were with with the, the Gandalf and Saruman scene, I was right right off the bat. I oh, I like, was into it fuck? from the very beginning. I loved it, but there was something about that scene that was like crazy. That was crazy, yeah. and it had like a kind of a sense of humor, <laughs> the, the kineticism it of it. There was just a, the, yeah, there was oh, but it was flopping it was around. Fun too. It was that P- Peter Jackson has this kind of his warped sense of humor doesn't come through a lot in these movies, but I thought the fight between those two old men in a way had like a great kind of sense of, uh, yeah. of, uh, physical humor about it too. And, and I, the I absurdity really of it. They're at the top of a mountain. They're at the top of a tower. Well, just the fact you that know, these two thing, old, old, old but men old. can do yeah. any of that. And you say, yes, yeah. it's, it's magic. They can do anything with their wands or whatever their stuffs, but <laughs> their bodies being thrown around like that was pretty, yeah, it was pretty incredible. But yeah, yeah no, fun. I loved it from the beginning too, Fred. Absolutely. There were some moments that that struck me, you know, and, and I think it's probably they probably lean to Peter Jackson's sensibility as a filmmaker. Maybe like there were a lot of you get these shots where um, the, the the principal actor would be like very, really close in the foreground. It was almost like a skewed perspective. It looked oh, like absolutely. something out of a horror movie. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then but then there are also the shots. There was the moment with Ian McKellen, with Gandalf and Bilbo, where where Bilbo 
doesn't want to give up the ring. And yeah. he's getting mad. He's like, why should I give it up? Why should I give it up? And then Ian McKellen's like, Bilbo Baggins. And it's almost like that that Jaws shot where it's like a zoom in and pull back yeah. at the same right, time. Right, right, and right, the right. wind From starts Vertigo. to, yeah. 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 And the wind starts to blow. And it, yes. it, it really comes out of nowhere. And it's actually a lovely moment afterwards because it's then the look Sam on- It's very Sam Raimi. It's very Sam Raimi. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Sam but the look on Ian Holmes' face afterwards, like he's so- ashamed and embarrassed yeah. and sad. Well, then and he goes and hugs him like a little, yeah. like a little child. He's like a child. Yeah. Yeah. And You're McKellen right. realizes it too, that he knows oh. how, how terrible this right. thing is and how corruptible we all are to it. But they were, lo- but it really, McKellen really, you know, He's you were so saying good. before that he got nominated for an Oscar mm-hmm. and, and that makes complete sense to me. He's a lot of people fantastic. thought he was going to win that, you know, mm. just because yeah, he's, he was so good. And it was a supporting, it was a supporting well, Oscar. And so and was Alec Guinness for the first Star Wars. Was he not? Same kind of role, the old oh, wizard. Yeah. Right? Oh, was yeah. he nominated for that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Same um, kind of thing. No, what I was going to say about, uh, you said Bilbo and Gandalf, and I thought you were going to mention, I mean, and you're talking about perspective, but we talked about this in some other movie. The, the, the trickery of this film. It's really amazing because Force this is 20 years and I still can't see no. how some of the effects, there are some that are very clearly you're sitting on this side of the table, closer to the camera yeah. and you're sitting on this side of the long table, you know, far away from the camera. And we're going to kind of foreshorten it and make it look like you're looking right at each other. There's a lot of those type of shots, but there is one where basically Bilbo and Gandalf walk around each other in yeah, there. How did they and do it? I can't tell how the fuck I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I have no idea how you did this. Like he always stays big. He always stays small. And I, maybe it was CGI, but it looked like they were sharing the same physical space together. It was it's really amazing. impressive. I think that was all in camera in stuff. Camera. Like I know they used a yeah. lot of little people to play the, sure. the you know, to play yeah. the, to play the hobbits. Who's talking about Mrs. Reagan? <laughs> Uh, and the, in the documentary, you get to meet all those actors who do that. Yeah. And, but I, I think all of that stuff with the, with the heights and the sizes and with John Rhys Davies as Gimli, I think that was all in camera special effects. John Rhys Davies is a tall man. Is he not? Yeah. He's tall. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Oh. That's Amazing. so funny. I would have assumed he was uh, kind of Danny DeVito like based his, on <laughs> based I'm gonna on look up his height that. right now. Um, there was, you know, there was a missed opportunity here. I think for Peter Jackson to go with a whole different way of doing the mil- the, the the movie. A little thing called Intravision. <laughs> if he had gone with Intravision. <laughs> I mean, we see the result. Uh, Speaking of Persis Kambata, Kate Blanchett, (laughs) so beautiful. I would do the love jump. She was so beautiful and so, uh, so ethereal. I mean, that's the character she's got to be, but I was really struck by how I was like, oh my gosh, she was so young. This is 20 years ago. Like she's just so. Yeah. She's like a kid. She's perfect. And uh, yeah, she's, she's really. Her lines make no sense. What she says. No, after you're, thing absolutely, make absolutely you're absolutely. Absolutely no sense. I don't right. know what she's talking about or why I'm supposed to care, but I don't care because she's, I, hypnotic. she's lovely. She's hypnotic. Yeah. 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 I, yes, I will say I love her, but I don't, all the, the Hugo weaving stuff leaves me a little cold. Sean Bean. Boromir. Yeah. That's my favorite character in this movie. He's Wonderful. great. 
You said it before. I think that character's fantastic. And, you know, very much so. And, and he's the world of he's the world of humans. Right. He represents yeah. the human world. He and Vigo. Yeah. And, you know, Vigo understands. No, no, no. This thing's going to if it's going to corrupt anybody, it's going to corrupt humans. And and Boromir is like, you know, but again, it's a little bit like Elrond Hubbard. You didn't realize from the first moment you don't put this guy on the team. He's the guy who's going to get corrupted by the ring. You can tell from the first moment he <laughs> looks at it and he's salivating over it and going like, why not use the ring to take down Saruman? And it's like, no, that's not how you do it. Maybe you shouldn't be part <laughs> of the you team. <laughs> Maybe you should show yourself out. <laughs> oh, my God. There's the door, Boromon. Boron. I ask only for the strength to defend my people. Lend me the ring. No. Why do you recoil? I am no thief. You are not yourself. What chance do you think you have? They will find you. They will take the ring. Ring, 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 Oh, God. It was things like that that fell flat for me, but I still, still say 8.2. There are 12 days of Christmas, 8.12 Sheila's. What I care. Wow. The Lord of the Rings, the element of the bling. What is it called? (laughs) The element element of the bling. bling. Lord of the Rings, let's all get the bling. The bling ring. We got it. Wait, can we, can I just mention, I got to bring up the Minds of Moria scene though. Why? (laughs) It's done. We've moved on to Sheila's. So this gets cut. Oh, but it kidding. was so good. You guys it was did fun. Th- Yes, no, it was excellent. It's very good. That's, I was the, blown that's away. the huge well the, the whole, to- uh, Gandalf's big moment and yeah. his death. But with uh, even with the squid, I forgot death. about the squid thing that grabs in the beginning. I just watched that. I'm thinking Unnecessary. like you don't need that squid. No, because it's fantasy. It's churlish. pure fantasy. I don't need it. That's I don't all. need it. You're gonna fight a thing. And you know every what? five you know seconds. What? You can't every five seconds go, this is the greatest terror that the world has ever known. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. This now is the greatest terror the world. What do you think happened to the baby in Baby's Day Out? Every time, every fucking time the baby turned around, there's a greater terror. Joe Mantagna getting jerked off by a gorilla. (laughs) Joey Pants getting knocked in the balls. What does that got to do with anything? Listen, I'm giving this 10. I'm giving a 10, Sheila's, just to spite you. Wow. Wow. So every bit as good as Empire Strikes Back. Every bit as good as yes, just a Raiders, of, Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're just different. I can't. I'm not there with you, but I do enjoy it very much. No, I'm I'd probably give it, it. I'm giving it. I'm going to give it a 10. <gasps> yeah, I think I, yeah. Let's stick together. I was, like, you and me, I was like, I was like nine point some. What is it? And I was like, oh, but it fuck feels it. like a 10. It feels like right? a 10. And, and for what it, it, sh- it shouldn't have worked as well as it did. It, it, the odds were so stacked against it. It was like. I think people thought it was going to be disastrous for this studio. Initially, we were going to do this as like one of those trilogy retrospectives, like what we did with Spider-Man. And in which case, we would have seen them all, reviewed them all separately, seen how they grew over time. I haven't seen the other two in a very long time. Long time, yeah. Me neither. I remember thinking that Two Towers was even 
better in some ways. Yes, and then was. Return of the King, I kind of felt the same about until the end where it kind of the too many endings thing maybe dropped it off a little bit. But the only reason I would go below a 10 with this one is only because I think Two Towers probably does up the ante and is more worthy. But since we haven't watched it and probably aren't going to for a while, I'm just going to give this all my Sheila's. I can't put it on the level of a Goodfellas or a Caddyshack, gentlemen. I can't do it. <laughs> and I won't do it. You don't have eight, to. I'm eight just saying. 8.12. I'll give it 8.125. I'll go oh, that good. high and no higher. <laughs> and no higher. <laughs> Here's the problem with the movie. Uh, it, it conveniently makes things hard for them when it's convenient to make things hard for them. And I can't it's a get fantasy. on board. That's drama. Just kidding. Star Wars doesn't do that. It doesn't. It doesn't make things harder for them when (laughs) to make things harder for them. Absolutely. Star Trek Trek compactor all of a sudden. That's That's they could have fallen into they could have like they could have fallen into the broom closet and been like oh oh shit well just put the the brooms over there the the broom would try would come alive but still the Dianaga would still be in the broom closet just hanging out on a smoke break. How are you guys doing? What are you doing here? Oh, oh shit, that reminds me. I have to get back you. to the trash compactor. <laughs> Come on. I have to kill you. <laughs> I, was, I was told. Oh, good times. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Thing. <laughs> hey, you know what I want to do right now before we get to the Golden Sheilas? Why? Hey. What? I want to thank everyone who's been listening yes. to the podcast Yay. this thank last you. year. Thank everyone. And I especially want to thank our guests. Before you popped on, Jason, Dan and I were yes. talking about the guests so we've had. We don't, we're guests. not a podcast that has a lot of guests, but we've had some fucking amazing. We had our friend Pat King helping amazing. out with the Shakespeare episode. We had Kevin Shinnick on the Spider-Man episode. Mr. Jeff Rodkey. Terrific. Screenwriter of RV, and Terrific. we had goddamn New York Times columnist David Scoff. Yeah, right. Yeah, at, I mean, you don't get better than that. No, you don't, so, and you no. won't. So no more <laughs> guests from here on out. No, we've kind of, but we've maxed thank ourselves you. out. I don't think uh, Kevin, Jeff, or Dave <laughs> listen. I think Pat still listens. So thank you, Pat. But if Kevin, Jeff, or Dave happen to be listening, I think thank they you guys. do. I think Jeff. I think so Jeff. Much. And Kevin listen occasionally. Wonderful. Occasionally. I think Dave is a very busy man. He's a very <laughs> busy man. No, I still can't are. believe he was on the podcast. I will say, I, I yeah, I know. It was, it, it, but they were all, they were all I so. I read his columns all the time. I'm like, my God. They were God. also great. And I, I refer to Jeff's episode so much, you know, because just getting inside the, the mind talk. of a, a screenwriter and, oh my God. and really figuring out, you know, seeing, getting a, a window into how the sausage is made. It's yeah. so fascinating and and i have so many you know writer friends and my my wife is a prolific playwright and she's a screenwriter as well and we we talk about it all the time we we you know we, we're constantly going back to like well remember what jeff said or remember jeff's yeah. experience you know it's uh it was it was great it was great um and love to have those guys on again in the future i keep thinking if we ever do popeye yes. we gotta have dave because i know dave was like i love popeye you, that, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and, and that would be super fun to talk because i i actually remember loving that movie and mm-hmm. I, I and thinking it was so weird and then you, yeah. as an adult you're like oh, Jesus too. Christ Robert Altman directed it no wonder it <laughs> felt like that no wonder oh, it felt like it. people yeah. talking over each other it was like how how does this feel like naturalism and and the guy's got 
gigantic forearms and eating spinach, yeah. you know, through his pipe. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, I think it would be fun to have Dave on to talk about that at some point. Oh, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm strong to the finish because I eat my spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. He's Popeye the Sailor Man. All right, let's give out some golden Sheilas. Time for the second annual Golden Sheilas Award. Oh my, it has been a roller coaster of a year. I, who thought we'd get here? Who thought we'd get here? Who thought anybody other than Damon would listen long enough <laughs> for us to have another year's worth of episodes to give out Sheila's for, to just pat ourselves on the back for celebrating excellence in our closets and, <laughs> and offices wow. and bedrooms. Now we did start our, I believe I went back and listened. We did start our golden Sheila episode last year uh, by celebrating the contributions of one individual who does not worry. He's not on any kind of payroll. We have, we have no money. We spend no money, <laughs> but we have gotten access. I'm not going to say from who or how it's none of your goddamn business, but we've gotten a lot of access right. to various and sundry secret recordings <laughs> of the great today show film critic, Gene oh, so Shallot. Yeah, uh, it was uh, long, long since retired, but you know we're able to. You know he's not still. If you turn on the Today Show tomorrow, you're not going to hear anything about Spider-Man No Way Home from from that young man. He's but if you a, did, it might sound a little maybe, something yeah. like. I, uh, he's not here right now. If he comes trudging up to my okay, door good. the way he did, you know, yeah, last year he showed up. He showed up. He showed, came uh, and knocking. But, it, but it, you know, and, and you can't. You can never. Count on something like that. Oh, hello! <laughs> well, hello there! He's here! He's here. I can't oh, my it. goodness. Oh, let me get this mask off and then this other mask off and then this goddamn third mask. Oh, I can just breathe a little easier. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so sorry, Gene. I, I actually think I'm probably not infectious anymore at this point oh. I kind of went through I think but you might want to throw that back on just just for shits and gigs because uh, oh, don't tell me you've got the Omicron yeah I think so actually I mean I definitely I did test positive did. whether it's Delta or Omicron yeah but I don't know you know they haven't done the genetic testing to tell sure. me the straight Omicron more like oh <laughs> Magon bye <laughs> What? Wait, do you well, leave? I'm, st- just le- I'm out in the hall. <laughs> what you don't? Come back. Do you want- it's okay, Gene. I think you. I, it's you'll be okay. okay. I'm gonna go. Right. But hold on. Let me get him set up in the other room here. Yeah. Get some Good sound second. effects of things getting set up in another room. It's great. All right. Gene Shallot is safely. He's sequestered. He is isolated from me, but he is here. And so if we want to talk to him at any point, we can. Uh, Mr. Shallot, we are celebrating your uh, your achievements this year or your contributions to the podcast. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm always, I always like to be of cervix. What? <laughs> of cervix. Sure. Listen, 
<laughs> Mr. Gene, while while you're here, you did us the great honor last year of uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna give out awards for what we call our best shallot ism or shallot review. We'll do that maybe after you leave. We don't want to embarrass you. But right. while you're here, could you could we could we do what we did last year and throw some some movies at you and oh, get yeah. uh, get your take on them? Would that oh, be okay? Absolutely, absolutely. You know the live theater experience is back for two more weeks. Well, <laughs> yeah. really, I've, I've loved being back in the theater, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. well, how about uh, Jason and I were, were saying we were early in the podcast, we were talking about the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, we both saw that's yeah. the, that's the thing sort of sweeping the box office. Now, could you give us a review for Spider-Man? No way home. Mm, Spider-Man, no way home. More like a side of Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Blow away. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my God! Have we have we stumped uh, the shallot? No, he's no, working. I'm just feeling. I'm just, I'm just feeling a little woozy. What, what? Have you been breathing in here all day, O'Connell? Oh no. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, it's my apartment. All right, all right. <laughs> no, I'm cutting off. Fantastic. No, keep it all. It's fantastic. He can't continue because he gets Omicron before our eyes. No, no, no. Roll sound. Rolling sound production, take two. Spider Man, no way home. More like. Bite a man, he'll go home. Which is what happened to me as I sat there in the third row trying to watch this delightful epic and some some little freak show bites me right on the arm. I said, what the hell? In this day and age, how dare you, sir? How dare you? Wow. I got some backs of tracing. I said, uh, I said, this guy just tried to bite a man. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. Thank well, you. you okay? Dan, you got one for Mr. Shallot? All right. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. The number of people who've bit me over the years. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot of bite marks. How about uh, how about this one, uh, Mr. Shallot? See what you can do with this. Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> oh, what are you laughing at, O'Connell? <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, more like toast. <laughs> That is why you fail. <laughs> Wait, what are we doing? Ghostbusters Afterlife. Hey, yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Afterlife, get a life. Get a life. <laughs> you don't want to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. How many Ghostbusters movies do you need? I tried, we'll to, get, I tried to get in the spirit for Ghostbusters <laughs> Afterlife, but uh, it was dead on arrival. I'll tell you that much. Oh, my stomach hurts. How about if, if we go, since we're looking oh, back at some of the movies we've done, and you've you've helped out, you've done some reviews for a lot of the movies we've done over the podcast. I don't think you did one for this particular one. Uh, what about uh, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World? And that was a movie that we all really liked. Oh, what do you think oh. about Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, Mr. Shallot? Master and Commander, Far Side of the World. More like... Blast her and demand her. Fart side of the girl. 
That means, well, I think you know what it means, but that was a sausage fest on that ship, and I was looking for a little, uh, a few a few uh, folks of the female persuasion, if you know what I mean. And then uh, once I got her there, I might blast her, demand her, and the fart side of the girl is round back. <laughs> Thank you again, Mr. Shallon. Thank you, Mr. Shallon. I'm not saying I'm a good person. I'm just saying these are the things I think of. I don't think anyone's saying that. When I watch an all-male cast destroy what I go to the movies for, which is a little TNA. Oh, gosh. Mr. Shallon, thank you so, thank much. You so much for coming by. I don't want to oh, keep you course. too long. There's, you know, Jason and his wife are, you know, they're, 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 they're oh, they should know, probably know, be I alone. Know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, of, of course, of course. I'm, I'm going to steal a couple of rapid tests out of the closet <laughs> and I'll be on my way. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, oh, Marry oh. everything. There, there he goes. Oh, my God. Goodbye, Mr. Oh, Shallot. Wow. He should not. What was, a thrill to have him pop by. He must have known. It's always a thrill. It's almost like. He had Omicron, drank a lot of wine, and then tried to come up with movie reviews. And he just <laughs> almost. It's almost like that happened. Oh my God. I, my, my, everything hurts now because of yeah. Shallot. I love that. And what, and should, does this launch us into favorite Shallot moments of the, of the past year? Yes, absolutely. Oh what God. is our favorite Shallot review or appearance of the last year? What are your, what are your nominees? My favorite. And I, I listen to a lot. It's hard, man. He Shalit came up with some really good ones this really year. Stuff, yeah. I mean, we can't forget his wonderful rendition. I believe it was episode fifty of "We oh. Didn't Start the Fire," oh, uh, which God, yes. which lasted for a long time. People don't know how long it took him to do that. I mean, that was, uh, but it was amazing. That was amazing. But there's been so many great ones. But my my all time favorite, I think. I'm going to give my golden Sheila to episode. This is right off the new year, right off the, our, our, our new year season. Mm. It was episode 31. Oh, wow. We did the exorcist, the staying in Magnum force Yes, because we got to see it. It was, it was a younger gene and right. he was, right. get, you know, getting, going through the paces. His, uh, I think the, the, the big wig at NBC was saying like, man, you got, you got to spice things up, Gene. And Jane Pauly was, was sort of dissing Gene, but he came back and you see, you see him learn. Yeah. And you, you see him form the, the shallow that we know today. Which is origin with great, story. Yeah. With the exercise, with the exorcism, he says, and it's time to exercise your right and tell the makers of this film that their mother suck cocks in hell. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> that was a magic moment. That's true. It, yeah, that it was, was nice amazing. to see the origin of Gene. That was like the origin yeah. of Shallow. I loved it. It was, it was heartwarming, you know, to see that there was, there was a, um, a pathos and a vulnerability with him, but then boom, when you, when, when he's, when he's, when he's telling the makers of the film that their mother sucked cocks in hell, what's better than that? That's right. beautiful. Dan, did, what was your, what was your favorite? I, you favorite? I, I, I had forgotten about the, we didn't start the fire. I think that probably is my favorite. Now I was going to go with his Porky's death trap, Victor <laughs> Victoria. In your review of death trap, more like death crap. Good one. You proceeded to say that Christopher Reeve was so flamboyant, he kept staring at Michael's... Yeah, staring at Michael's cane. Exactly. Look, 
If this is some equal rights amendment nonsense, I also said I wanted to blow Diane's head off with a cannon. You know, shoot Diane Cannon in the face with a cannon um, was destroyed me. Um, And uh, what he said about Michael's cane was also very funny. But I I just, yeah, that we didn't start the fire was epic, epic in scope, in length. We didn't know when or if it would end. And I didn't care. I wanted it It to be the entire episode. It was like Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. It really was. It really did. really was. You know, I was not thinking of we didn't start the fire. I, for me, it was kind of like a little bit of a tie between when he inserted himself into Jurassic Park and he created the Shalotsaurus. I think I maybe maybe because we simply because we use that sound cue a lot. We use Shalotsaurus attack. That kind of stood out to me. And I also and I totally forgot about this when I went to his house shivering when I needed. That was fantastic. When I needed, needed a little a little taste of shallot, right? Hit of shallot. And I yes. asked if I could suck on his bow tie. And I, just, I mean, I just I was I was desperate because I didn't know how I was going to come up with anything funny to say about yeah. United 93. And, Ooh, uh, and that's, that's when he one. told me. Uh, you don't have to watch a movie to be able to make fun of it. There's no movie I can't joke about. What's next? United 93. You're fucked. <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Wait, whoa, wait, who is it? Oh, hold on a second. Oh, wait, 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 I got it. <laughs> wait, he's back. Wait, Mr. Shallot's back. Spider-Man No Way Home made me want to commit insecticide. Uh, Spider-Man, OJ's home, so uh, you better turn around and run. Thank you, Mr. Shallon. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. I, 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 did, I, did, I did my good deed for the day. Wow. He was already, he was all the way down at the F train. He turned around. Happy 2022. Oh, he's gone again. He turned all the way around and came running back. All the way down at the F train. That's, that's what Toby McGuire said to F. Forget it. <laughs> I'm so glad you okay. came back. Fantastic. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, well, I guess do we have? So we don't have consensus. Sometimes we have consensus. I wonder. Right. What the very, very mm. best. If we had to award, if those are the nominees, what um. is the, I guess it's got to be. You both went with. Uh, we didn't start the fire, I, I so think I think that's got to be it. I think yeah. That's All right. Be it. it was epic. There we it go. Was epic. That's the golden shield. It goes to Gene Shepard. <laughs> we didn't start. Oh, we didn't start the virus. We didn't that's start right. the virus. Yes. yes. Oh, good lord. RV ninety three. Akila and the B. Spider Man one two and three. Kevin Chinnick, Jeff Ronti, other guests like Dead Brimley, Firestarter, sports movies. Now we cannot wait to see the weddings of the century. They didn't. Start the virus. Now they're up to 50, which is pretty nifty. They didn't start the virus. Now they're up to 50, which is pretty nifty. They didn't start the virus. It may have come from China or a bat's vagina. They didn't start the virus. Then there's something else, and then I. I'm gonna lay down now. What do we think the best phone call was? We have a, you know, have a lot of uh, a lot of phone oh, calls on the time phone, the uh, right, the, the heaven phone. We've we had, had a couple on the heaven. We've phone. had a lot. I'll tell you, go ahead, Fredo. The one that I think 
makes me prouder than anything we've achieved on this podcast. And I forgot about this one because we've had some, we've had some amazing phone calls. We've been very yeah. lucky. We were talking about the great guests that we had, but yes. you know, Jeff Rodkin, Kevin Shanning, David yeah. Itzkoff, Pat King, but we've had some, we've had some really amazing people calling up on all the various phones. Yeah. But I think the one where I go, wow, we, we did something that no one else has done and probably no one ever <laughs> will do in podcast history is the phone call on the heaven phone between Robert Loggia, Richard Farnsworth, and Wilford Brimley. That's oh, wow. Three people that 90% of the population don't even know who they are anymore. Wow. Maybe 88%. But they showed, I mean, they showed up, all three of them, yeah. on our podcast. Yeah. Wow. That's for a phone so call. True. What episode was that? I, 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 that was you the Independence Day that. and Phenomenon episode, and I give my favorite phone oh call to God. that same one, Fred. <gasps> Absolutely, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were talking before about trying to like reach out and get, you know get a younger audience involved in this podcast, <laughs> and how you know talking about last well, week how my friend, my friend played the podcast to a tenth grade students, and I'm like, I don't understand why they weren't instantly into it. I, I guess they're not familiar with the with the works of uh, Loja Brimley and Farnsworth. <laughs> well, they're not. Well, Familiar with cock rings, but let me tell you, the three of us are, and that right? I'll tell you right now. Yeah, let me absolutely. Just get the, get the Oatmeal up. helps it slide on and off quickly. Oh, good. <laughs> you need it. It's a, it's a fantastic lubricant. Just make noises at this age, and you don't worry about what anybody thinks. That's right. You let them interpret it. He did the same thing with that bowl of oatmeal and Kathy Bates, too. That was was ungodly. That's right. I called it misery. (laughs) (laughs) That one gets my favorite. I'm going to have to re-listen to that one because my my vote was for... uh, Nick Nolte putting on his uh, Superman costume from his uh, 1977 audition and uh, and yeah, and and facing off with Richard Dreyfus, a.k.a. (laughs) the the queen sucker. Um, Oh, that that was the one that I was remembering. But now I've got but I but the winner is I mean, that's my nominee. But you both had the same thoughts. So the the winner is who was it again? It was it was Richard Farnsworth, Robert Loggia, and Wilford Brimley. Yes. And Wilford Brimley. Uh, I'm yep. calling in. I'm oh my God. That really is that is the best. All right. That 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 absolutely wait, hang on. Wins. Speaking of phone calls. Oh no. The phone is ringing right now. Oh jeez. It's the regular phone. It's not the heaven phone yeah. of the time phone. It's ringing right now. Let me just pick up Yes, hello. You're on the opening weekend podcast. Holiday party special. Yes, who may I say is is, is speak? Oh my god. God, you guys. All right, I'll put you on the air. Yes, go ahead. This is the Sayer of the Floor. Oh, I think he got my vote for favorite phone call last year. That's right. You were the favorite guest or favorite member of the Arthropod Squad. Yep, yep. I think so. I think yes. Oh my God, it's so nice to hear your voice. The last thing you said was flawed. (laughs) I am not a member of said squad no but i think you would not have me i wanted to be i was rejected 
Oh, well, that's, I mean, How I'm sorry, but you are, re- are a recurring you? guest on the podcast and, uh, and people love to hear from you, Sayer of the Flaw. So we're so you thrilled that you stopped in. that right. <laughs> Happy holidays. Well, th- do you have Thank any flaws you. to say? While you're oh, here? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Let me ask you something. And think about this before you respond. Oh, absolutely. The Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Ron Perlman, nowhere in there? (laughs) That's You've got a movie full of creatures and orcs and (laughs) trees that talk and goddamn... Half the movie looks like, you know, something you could have put... you, You wouldn't even have to put makeup on him. You don't even, you don't give him a phone. Fo- he doesn't even get a phone call to be in this thing. You made 17 movies out of this thing. He looks like one of those things that come out of the muck. Why Why would you talk that way about yourself, sir? What, with self? Oh, I mean, I'm so I, sorry. I am saying the film is flawed. It's a flawed film. They did not Absolutely. call a Ron Perlman. Or a Ron Perlman type. That you're right. They didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm right something. that they didn't. I'm also <laughs> right that the movie is flawed. Say it. For for that reason? I will not say it. It. I don't know that that creates a... I don't think that's going to drop our shield. And with all due respect, Sayer of the Flaw, I don't know that that would really <clears throat> affect our, our enjoyment of the film. But... It, I can understand how it would affect yours. You don't really expect people to believe that you're not Ron. You are, you are played by Ron Perlman, Sayer of the Flaw. We know that. I do, I've met Ron Perlman a few times, but you have to admit the film is flawed for the for the reasons I state for your for the reasons I heretofore have stated. I, because one person wasn't cast in it in Hollywood, I, I, you can't. Yes, you can't, he you looks can't. like an orc <laughs> troll. He look, he resembles a goddamn tree folk. Whatever he is, an ant. Who? That's an ant. <laughs> that's, that's the tree person. Ants, those are the tree folk. That's from the second one. That what yeah. you just said is flawed. That made no sense. <laughs> an ant. An ant. How about an uncle? E-N-T. How, how about an oh, un- no. uncle or an ankle while you're talking about ants? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, God. Oh, God. Are you He's back? going off the rails. <laughs> He's back. I got a sayer of the flaw. More like gayer than Jude Law. What is it with this guy? Now, that's not appropriate. Mr. Shallot, that has nothing to do with anything. I don't even know why you would say that. Actually, First of all. Actually, oh. that's the one thing that's been said about me that's not flawed. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Can I buy you a hot toddy? So, sounds good. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you all for Thank having you. me on. Bye for the uh, last time. Bye, probably. Bye, bye. Flash. Well, I they're gone. I think they'd make a beautiful couple, actually. <laughs> <laughs> flaws and Gene Shallot. They're equally hairy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. They wow. both, they, they, you know, I, I didn't want to say, I didn't want to give him the satisfaction, but yeah, he's right. You know, Ron oh. Perlman should have been in that movie. You son of a bitch. 
Hey, one of our, our longtime listeners, Mike Zarzicki, mm-hmm. who Dan doubted the veracity of his real, of his last yeah, name. I still Why? doubt it. I remember that. Why do you not think that's it's a real name? It's flawed. Come on. Zarzicki. Oh. What is he? What, he's friends with Mixoplick while he's at it? <laughs> a hickey from Zarzicki. Oh, oh. He said his best call-in sequence, hands down. He agrees with you, Jason. Hands down. Favorite of the Whoa. year was the Nick Nolte and Richard Dreyfus showdown from episode 37. Yeah, like any Roscoe right. and Lumpy call-in. Actually, <laughs> one of my favorite, but I think this was this was the last year's holiday special, was the moment that Nick Nolte realized that Lumpy might have been his son. Yes. <laughs> that was a great moment. That but was beautiful. I don't know if we can include that. No, 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 no. Son no, and no. or grandson. No, I still think the winner is the, the uh, elderly triumvirate that you guys <laughs> That, you, that was great. That you that guys was elderly dead. But, so elderly they're dead. <laughs> so old they're dead. You know, since since we were talking about flaws, yeah. he also brought something up uh, that mm. it, that it could have been. Uh, he says one of his favorite parts of the podcast is when the three of you get angry or even personally offended by a movie. And while the mm. three of you have different triggers that cause cinematic rage and animosity <laughs> towards actors and movies, Dan's indignation is the most fun to listen to. Oh, so wonderful. he wanted to know if you could list your top five it. movies from the podcast that has caused you the most anguish oh, in your easy. life. Phenomenon. Boom. Mm. Phenomenon okay. was death on toast. Um, is that really, oh, that would be your vote? Is the thing on the boat. What is the name of that thing on the boat with Nicole Kidman? I was just listening to that Dead episode. Oh, that thing. Dead that calm. was almost a nomination for best fight because you and I did not see eye to eye on that oh, one. You hated it. Frederick, that movie. This is pulling us to, I'm going out of order here. Worst movie. Uh, just, Let's do it. Well, yeah. Worst movie we reviewed. I might as well, mm-hmm. might as well get to it. I, <laughs> the three that I put on and I'm going to, I'll whittle it down. It was Meet Wally Sparks. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I liked it. Nothing But Trouble. Ding, ding, oh, ding. Didn't hate it. Those are my two. Are you, you are crazy. <laughs> That's what Zarzicki should have written about. He should have been like, ask Dan to explain his inexplicable taste. Not just, not just wax about the things he doesn't like. He, doesn't like, he likes almost nothing. <laughs> he likes almost nothing. But the one that might get it, <laughs> that I forgot about, but might get what? worse movie, The Woman in Red. Oh, they're really bad. Oh, really, that really was awful. really bad. Yeah. But for me, but nothing But I think me, Wally Sparks. But nothing but trouble I hated so. That was the one where I threatened to leave the podcast. That's yeah. true. I think. Because Jason made yeah. you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it made me but physically ill. I might hate Wally Sparks more. Yeah. I don't know, actually. God, those were uh, You're right. All of the movies horrendous. you guys mentioned are all contenders, but Nothing But Trouble made me physically ill and <laughs> angry. I wanted to, yeah, I felt too. like I wanted to throw up multiple times. And I'm like, I don't, you know, oh. it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or something. It, right. it, although it does have that about it. We even talked about it in the yeah, episode that there's inspiration there. There's something, you know, he's a sick no man. Dan Aykroyd's a sick Sick man. Yeah. yeah. So my vote, it might, it, it might be a tie between nothing but trouble and meet Wally Sparks. But if I had to pick one, the one I have in all caps <laughs> is nothing but trouble. <laughs> so that's my vote. In in a sea of bad movies, it's just bobbing <laughs> up up and down in a like, toilet, like one of the fat corpses <laughs> that Dan Aykroyd played in the movie. Um, what do we think the best movie we reviewed this year oh, boy. is? Now that's a toughie. I'm going to go. My, my, oh, wow. my gut is to say Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah. That's my gut is just to go right there to say Goodfellas. Well, you have Empire Strikes Back in there. You have... 
Guffman, you have Moonstruck. We did a lot of great movies. We did a lot of great. We did a lot of bad ones and a lot of fantastic yeah. ones. The best overall movie was Goodfellas. I agree. I I I had Goodfellas tied with United ninety three because I mm. remember those being two very yeah very emphatic mm-hmm. tri tens for us. Yes. And and we had several over the year, but those were two where. It just felt like we were like, yeah, what can you say? These movies yeah. are perfect. So even though I think there are others probably like Empire where we all gave it a 10 or something that, uh, yeah. Jason, yeah. So the dark I, would, Knight, I would tip over to Not Good the Dark Knight? Well, the Dark Knight for me personally is. That's what we're doing. I think I'm saying no, because then we would all just. <laughs> no, because I. That was great. That was great. No, because of course it's my. <laughs> Put that on a. That needs to be a soundbite. That's saying, hard because that's like. Well, I was no. going to say I had to mention the Dark Knight because that's <sighs> my personal favorite movie. You know, it's hard to right. avoid that. But for the purposes of the podcast and and something that we all kind of got behind, and I know that's not the criteria for saying okay, best movie we reviewed. Right. You know, but. <laughs> I do think that helps. I can't remember what we landed on last year, but I think it was something that we were it all was seven. really excited seven, about. Yeah. 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 Gosh. Um, so good. And there you were know, other great movies we watched that year, obviously, like Raiders, like the original Star Wars. like whatever. But yeah, there was something about that. I don't think that's better than those. I wouldn't put it higher on a list than Raiders oh, okay. of the Lost Ark of favorite movies necessarily. But um, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I tend yeah, to my I'm mind went to in terms of like what we were all jazzed about. It was Goodfellas. And uh, yeah, United 93 is not a movie to get jazzed about, but it is like a, an, an incredible achievement. And we recognize right. it as such. But it, so I think Goodfellas would be the winner. Um, I, I'm with you year. on that. Yeah, I'm absolutely 100 percent with you on that. But this is not most surprise, not the one that we like. No, this is the next one. Biggest uh-huh. surprise. What was our big what was your personal biggest oh, surprise? Boy. All right. The movies that surprised the crap out of me as far as like. How much I liked them. Lonely Guy. Hmm. Aquila hmm. and the Bee. Yeah, that was on my list. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have, I don't know what I expected out of those two movies, but you know, they, uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the shit. Victor Victoria, you know, that was really surprising. I don't know. What are yours, Fred? I got to think about this a little bit. I had the, fr- the first thing I wrote down wasn't so. I mean, it is the movie, but it's a performance. I wrote Willie the Chimp in Project X. Oh, <laughs> well, we have to start doing that one year. We have to start doing performances that we yeah. lo- liked and loathed. All right, uh, I think we have to be unanimous right now. It is the Chimp. What is his name? Willie, Willie the Chimp. I think that's Willie the, the Chimp. That's, yeah. That that uh, I really Trump's you know Pacino in Godfather Two for me. That's better than that. It's better than <laughs> De Niro in Godfather Two. He should have played Aquila young Don beat- Corleone. Yeah, Aquila and the Bee was on my list. I also thought a big surprise for me was Gremlins too, because I'd never seen it before. Oh my god! So right. that was that was a surprise for me. Just wow. I don't, I can't say that I necessarily loved it or even liked that. it. You can't say that you even liked it. And what the hell are you doing? No, <laughs> big, I, I don't mean, remember. I guess, what I, I guess it could be biggest uh, surprise in terms of like. I didn't think I would hate this so much, but I, I, I always think of it as like, oh, a pleasant surprise. I'll give it to Aquila and the Bee then. Well, you know what? I, have. I, I just have, have one. Aquila and the Bee. That was you have Aquila and the Bee. I'm happy to give yeah. it to that. But I also have uh, What's Love Got to Do With It in there. And I have The Iron Giant. 
in there, which I had never uh, seen. That, yeah, so, that I knew. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think Aquila and the Bee is is just wonderful. And uh, I was like, oh, this will be a pleasant, sweet movie. Oh, I, was, I was blown away by it. I loved it. What was the most fun to talk about? Last year, I think we said Baby's Day Out was the winner of that because it was just so fun to like have that back and forth about it. But uh, I have one that's been mentioned already. Go ahead. Uh, Phenomenon. I thought it was so much fun to tear into Phenomenon. It was really fun to pick that thing apart. So stupid. Uh, so stupid, that movie. Yes, it's just that was a very good. fun conversation. I mean, we've had a lot of them, but that was yeah. uh, that's the one that good fellas sort mind. of jumps out at me again. It's just that was one of the most yeah that was one of the most fun times. Yeah, and the positive, the yeah, because we enjoyed yeah, it in the so, positive so much. sense. Yep, yeah, yep. The Gong Show was pretty fun too. <laughs> that whole episode, like Empire, The Shining, Empire Strikes Back, and Gong Show, terrific. That was great. But the, gong, the, gong the Gong Show was gong a lot show of fun. Movie. Yeah, I really liked talking about Firestarter. With you guys, oh, that was very fun. We was mm-hmm. we were really of very different <laughs> minds on that, and it was that was a fun conversation. But um, yeah, I'd have to give it to. Uh, I guess I'd have to give it to to to. Well, you know what? No, I got to give it to Sheena. Yeah, Sheena's <laughs> a Sheena very Sheena. good one. Yeah. Great conversation because that's the, true. You know, uh, the only the only performance that might top Willie in Project X is. Ted Wasserman's the not in the sarong, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That might be the greatest performance you know, we saw all year. You're pulling it, you're pulling it like the sarong that you're pulling me to the left. And I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go Sheena. Let me let me see if I can find what I wrote here where I was like, oh, this is going back to Ted Was. I said, I said. I can see the hard on in his eyes. He's so good. I don't even need to see his khakis to know he's hard. This movie's amazing. It's I don't. Quite, I don't know what's happening, and I don't great. care. It's it is fantastic. Here's another audible that we we got in from uh, Tim Marenko. He wanted to know. He said he loves our the sound editing and mixing that we do. Oh, he said he took his genius. daughter to Khan and was walking around annoying everyone, going ah oh, the French. <laughs> Uh, he was wondering what we would give our Golden Sheila to best sort of sound clip, you know, cue uh, Mariah Carey. He would say. <laughs> the yes, thank you. I read that letter as well. That's an interesting one. You know what's a favorite of mine that I forgot about? And I was just, I was scrolling through, listening to a couple of episodes. It's uh, <laughs> the the Wicker Man episode, Wicker Man, <laughs> Crank, and Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. And just during this, it's during the, the end credits. Yeah. It's the ending screaming. credits that we always have with Ethan doing, you know, the credits and the music and Nick Cage screaming in the background. The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Oh, my eyes! That was some. Uh, that that was some some magic that you you pulled out there, Jason. Thank you. Those are the most fun. The ones that like combine some stuff are pretty. Yeah, fun. What it would you always say, kills Dan? me when you just take not the whole Cosby, but like a clip of Cosby when he's just yes. like I, and that's it. That's all you use. <laughs> Or you just, it always destroys me when you just use, I can't speak.
That's <laughs> it. I do love I do love There that. was one where he was doing it, it over a me. song. Oh, it was it was Mamma Mia. <laughs> I have been in this business 52 years and I will I've never seen anything like this. And reality is the situation. And I I can't speak. I've used that so much. Oh, it's I'm good. looking for the next great, uh, you know, the Orson Welles one is good, but oh. uh, no, the the Cosby is, that is, and that was this year that came about during yes. Devil and Max Devlin. Oh, so right. That's probably, right. and in terms of like how much it's been <laughs> oh, used. God. You got a lot okay. of mileage out of it. Yeah, a lot of mileage. And there's more mileage You got to hang out with OJ come. recently. I have been in this business 52 years and I will... And what does that got to do I've with anything? Seen anything like this. And what does and that got to do with anything? Is the situation. And what does that got to do and with I, anything? I can't speak. Fuck off. I have offended you with my ignorance. You talking about Mrs. Reagan? You insensitive asshole. Hello, handsome. You son of a bitch. I'm in the dark here. Let me show you what I am used to. It's showtime. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. I, I don't think, think it's bad. It must, I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. What the fuck are you talking about? Watch what the fist is doing. Ah, the French. So it's a free country. I'm a person. But we've been in great hotels, and uh, it's oh, like no. anywhere else. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't get a boner. Don't get a boner. No, 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 no. Sheena. This month on HBO. You won the contest. Shut up your face. God, there's so many now. It's such a a, oh. a rich tapestry of nonsense. And uh, <laughs> but I think Cosby's got to win, right? Cosby's got to yeah, win. I think so, I Cosby. Think yeah, Cosby. you got to give it to Cosby. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do we think the best overall episode was? Mm. I said, we, we said which, mm. what movies were most fun to talk about. What do you think was the most overall? What was the episode that did it for you? I... I, 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 I got to give it to Holiday Special. That Just a couple good. episodes ago. The amount oh, the of, times, oh, that's the right, amount that's of right. times you played the damn Mariah Carey song. <laughs> I was crying, <laughs> laughing at just your, the, I mean... That made it. But I mean, just the constant Mariah Carey coming back in, you know, again and again, killed me. So I think that, that's, that's very up there yeah. for me. That is very up there for me. What do you think, Fredo? The two that I had were, I, I had episode 50, which I mentioned before with mm-hmm. The Shining, The Gong Show and Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. That one. was great. Um, but again, I go back to episode 60 with Goodfellas and our list of ah. our top 10 favorite gangster movies. My best overall episode is the Spider-Man retrospective Man, with so Kevin. Oh, that was great. So, it was so yeah. fun to talk yeah. about all three and it was so fun to have him such a somebody that we all know, somebody, you know, from our alma mater who's like got such a, had such an illustrious career in pop culture and and who has such great thoughts and opinions on Spider-Man just as a character and also the movie. That was just a lot of fun. So I, I think awesome. my favorite overall was Spider-Man. But, All right. Yeah. Um, uh, but did you, which one was yours, Fred, again? Goodfellas, I was saying I the Goodfellas. I was saying Goodfellas, episode 60 yeah. with oh, Goodfellas okay. in top 10, but I, but I might, I might agree. I might be swayed with Jason to go with the Spider-Man spectacular. Mm. 50 was great too. 
Empire Strikes Back, Gong Show, and lest we forget, The Wedding of the Century. Yes, The Wedding of the Century. Oh, that's right. This is the year of the entire, this year, the entire QS saga came to, we had, we had, we figured out who QS was. It was revealed to be Richard Dreyfuss, and then they actually got married, and now they've had a child. What a saga. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so maybe let's... uh I agree that was a really strong episode. So we could say it's a tie between Spider-Man and episode 50, because I think Fred also mentioned episode 50 as being a really strong contender. So, yeah, but I'm also happy to give it up for the the momentous nature of episode 50 and uh, and the wedding of the century and the Empire Strikes Back, a movie we all love very much. And Gene Shalit singing. And Gene Shalit singing. Okay. Right. Episode 50. Yeah, it might be episode 50. All right. What do we got next? Argument. This oh. is a fun one, right? What is the best <laughs> argument on the podcast? We had some great nominees last year. I can't think of another one other than the one that I have uh, written down here, but I'll wait and see what. No, there's you no guys debate. Say. It all comes down to one line, which <laughs> might be the greatest line on the podcast. You like dog shit based on a whim, which is what Jason yelled at Dan. When we were talking about Gremlins 2 on episode 54, because Jason left, we had a little pee break, and Dan and I spoke, and Dan expressed a struggle with accepting Jason's 9 rating, and then Jason launched into the greatest monologue I think Mm -hmm. I've ever heard, tearing into Dan for liking Baby's Day Out, comparing Dan to Oedipus. Okay, I'm really more of a 4.5 on Gremlins Then give too. it what you want to give and it. I, no, but I'm also, I, what I'm having, I'm not I struggling so much with I know some people are like my, twos on this movie. But no, I, I'm, I'm uh, more that I'm struggling with is that you're giving it a nine. But here, but here's why, is because I'm going through the travelogue in my mind of other movies you've given nines to. Yes. And what I think Fred and I have discovered is that one of them is Star Wars. Yeah. One And another one might be Seven. You're putting Gremlins to the new batch. Absolutely. In the same. Absolutely. You gave Shaun of the Dead 9.5. Jason. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. No, that might have been me. <laughs> I, I, try, I, I gave Shaun of the Dead uh, a 10. Uh, you what gave a 9, nine to nine Ghost. To? Ghost. Just movie to use every bit as good as Ghost. Yeah. Now, these, 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 these are just the different. Dan. Completely different. You gave Baby's Day out but, fucking 7.5 or 8. You can never talk about anything again. And you did that in the first that seven weeks. That was yes, of course. But this it's, is not, it's, it's not as good as Ghost and Seven. To you. To oh. you. Artistic viability. Uh, just uh, aesthetic. You can't. I, I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. You, you love dog shit. You literally love dog shit. <laughs> Based on a whim, you are probably the. When we, when I listen back to these things, I'm like, oh, Dan's so smart about film, and you can tell he's a professor now because he's really dramatic structure and plot and storytelling, and real. He's just so smart. Yes, he was never this those. smart in Hofstra, but when true. I lived with him, that's very or true. In any of the jobs we worked together as actors, he's he's evolved. He's truly evolved so beautifully, like the Shalitsaurus. He soars, <laughs> but. You're not going to tell me that I can't have my opinion about it when you no, no, will you go can... to bat for Baby's Day Out. You set your, you sealed your fate. It's like a tragic, you're like a, a Greek or Shakespearean tragic character who's like, it's like, ah, but that day, 
it was sealed. His fate was sealed. And no, and no matter if you're king or whatever happens, you will be brought low again and again by your insistence that Baby's Day Out was a good movie. So I it, did tour the country as Eddie Puss for a while. <laughs> I completely agree. There's no comparison. Yeah, there's no no, uh, comparison. Exactly. Dan chastising me for giving Gremlins to a nine is the (laughs) best argument. And you taking him to task, Jason. Well, you know, you yeah. were so assured in yeah. your response. You love dogs. Because well, he, he, he was really pressing. He was really pressing me on it. But you like, it was like you were waiting your whole life yeah. to, hey, to talk about this. I, I mean, yeah. if, a, if a guy writes a term paper <laughs> comparing Gremlins to the new bench to the works of Aristophanes and right. vacillates on whether to take an incomplete in the class out of embarrassment or to turn it in and face his fate. You know, that's the kind of person who'll go to bat for for the most ridiculous movie. I've I've played that moment to other people. Just be like, you get, you have to listen to this. You have to to listen to the podcast. Oh my God. Well, I love you, Dan. I never thought we would argue about a movie. You and I, I could see arguing with Fred and I had a couple of, Things about you know Blade Runner oh, and some other I, we things. Argue, and, but we argued the second episode because of Super Mario Brothers. Oh, that's I, true. I, I, that's I was true. very disappointed. Which is great. Go and see <laughs> Super Mario Brothers if you haven't seen it. And while you're at it, sneak in a little viewing of uh, Nothing But Trouble. You won't be Why? disappointed. You're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> you're just you're just poking the bear. Forget yeah, I'm poking it. The bear. I'm poking the beast. <laughs> Next we've got. Oh well, we just did. We did best sound effect. Our be- the best childhood story uh, from this year in podcasting. And it doesn't have to be childhood, but it, but our best, you know, we do our personal memories of where we were at the beginning of each episode. We, we hone in on a specific weekend yes. in time and we look back to where we were and what we were doing. And, and of course, it's a very fun way to for the audience to learn about us, but for us to learn more about each other, even yes. though we have so many shared experiences, it's still lots and lots of fun. Um yeah, yeah. This was we a- had a few write-ins. Uh, oh, really? Damon was the first one. Oh, good, good. Who mentioned? And normally we do our childhood stories sort of in the beginning, but this yeah. came towards the end of an episode. Uh, it was Dan's oh. story about his fear of fish. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. Which episode yeah. was that? I can't. I that totally was the one with Dick that. and the Iron Giant. <laughs> I totally forgot. That's yeah. right, that that was in there. And you went on this epic tale of why you are scared of fish. Yes, yeah. right, yes. And they it are. Really did. I think I played the Jaws music behind it, or I played something behind it. I you remember played, that. You played Jaws, and you also played the music from Dick. Oh, what does that got to do with anything? I enjoyed, there were so many. I mostly, I, I mostly enjoyed your reactions <laughs> To some of my stories, like yeah. me talking about semen from Seattle and just oh God, to hearing down, you yeah. two semen from just Seattle going, oh, God, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> semen from Seattle is brilliant. Episode 35, where <laughs> it was, that was the episode where you, Jason, you talk about playing your SNL tape in class and then your knee oh, like fantastic. breaks sitting yeah. down. Fantastic. And also Dan is talking about how it's the, uh, that's when Hulk Hogan comes on the scene and you start <sighs> oh, to sing. Yes. I am a real 
American. God. And you sing the whole song, fight for your life. And we don't know what you're doing. And then finally you say, Hulk Hogan and Jason's cackle just going, you idiot. That's a fantastic moment. But you talking about your, uh, just your oh love for, for wrestling oh, at that time. My favorite memory, and this is where I get a little, uh, who, who knows? Maybe maybe people will tear up on this one. I get oh, a little sentimental on this one. One is of the my story favorite of your memories. grandmother from earlier in this episode? Yeah. Oh, Jesus that, Thank God that went on for... I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, no. I'm kidding. You insensitive asshole. What a Peter it was Jackson directed. <laughs> Am I right, people? No, it was in, again, going back to episode 47 with Jeff Rodkey. And we were talking about, it was 2006, and we were talking about the three of us all having dinner together downtown. Because oh, remember, we, we were talking about, you were saying, where were you on this date? And I was saying that I know exactly where we were yeah. because I found Kate's old calendar. <gasps> and it was, a, it was a, a meal that we had and just... The, the thought, like the memory of us being in person Aww. and doing this and talking and laughing our asses off, but in person, that was a really nice memory. That's I really, I enjoyed that one. Memory. It's a yeah. wonderful memory. I don't remember it, but it's a wonderful. <laughs> you don't remember much. I'm sorry. Your memories of your own birth from episode <laughs> uh, 31 were great. That was a good one. <laughs> What's yours, Jason? Uh, th- mine can't really be used because we had to cut it out of the episode. Oh, oh Jesus. It was, it was uh, the story, Fred story of, I'm going to get it wrong. Was it a like a, an inflatable pump? Oh, for fuck's sake. I just had a conversation with Pete about this. Our good friend Pete text because he brought it up and oh I told him, God. first of all, we're not going, yes. th- that's it. That's it. We're not going to talk about it, but it, it was a whole long story Fred told. And then afterwards he was like, maybe that shouldn't be in the podcast. <laughs> so I had to excise any trace reference to it. You succeed at these clothes. I'm sure that's a cheat to use. Just give a golden shield to something we didn't <laughs> actually on the air. talk about. But eh, what the hell? I don't think we can come to any other consensus. So we're giving it to that. Our our penultimate Sheila, Golden Sheila, is for Arthropod Squad Member of the Year. Who is, who really, stupid, stupid. who really rose? Stupid category. Why? It's like Employee of the Month. It's it's, oh it's hard. And it doesn't have to be a squad member. I know people would be like, oh, I want to give it to Sayer of the Flaw. Nobody's ever said that. But, well, no, Fred did <laughs> last amazing. year. But What's amazing to me is that Dan is basically, let's just say, he's the creator of the Arthropod <laughs> Squad. There's nobody, he's created it, but now Absolutely. he's finally come to the moment of that, that Oedipal moment of that realization <laughs> of, what have I done? This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is so stupid. So We've been talking stupid. for three hours and this is the penultimate yeah. award Stupid. <laughs> Favorite Arthur Potspot? Can I I'll, can I tell you Fred made us t-shirts. Had t-shirts made for us that yeah, listed right. all the names that said Al and oh, I was Jack gonna wear and, that tonight. and Geppetto and everything. Oh. Hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. So good. I'll tell you my Go winner. Ahead. Go ahead. And yes. he's and he's somebody that I really I think early on I was like, he'll he won't last. He won't, he won't he won't he won't he won't stick around. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why he's there. How can he be there? 
He's not a, a living person. Oh, no. It's Tote. Yes. It's uh, Ernest Tote. <laughs> that's mine. From Raiders he of the Lost Ark. He was my favorite last year. Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> he, he, this year, he just really distinguished himself. We had a... <laughs> We had his movie trailer for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Outstanding. Um, we learned about him doing uh, stand-up comedy and was it Boca Raton or he something? Was, I mean, yeah. he was in the Miami Beach Village. Yeah. Century yeah, Village. There. Uh, he's yeah, oh he's quite, and, and he's done it all with a melted face <laughs> and a song in his heart. Um, <laughs> so I'll give it to Mr. Toad as well. Yeah, I'll give it to Hair Tote as well. I never would have yeah. thought. I, literally, Second when I was putting together that that movie trailer, the Mr. Toad's oh Wild Ride, I was going God, through. I was like, greatest. "Give me everything he says. Give me. I'm going on to YouTube. Give me everything he says. Every. He only says like seven words in the whole goddamn movie. And I was like, I have to do something with these seven in the clear words. Because <laughs> sometimes he screams like, ah, and there's like some shit going on behind. Him. <laughs> It's very hard to find a sentence or a string of words uh, oh that's God. not obscured by violence or screaming um, <laughs> or face melting. And, and these yeah. days, as I was gonna say, these days he can't get much of a word out, you know, until his, his face starts to melt on. Right. So. Yeah. How can he even get a word out? <laughs> yeah. That's why. Wow. All right. So there you uh, go. Hey, and then this is the second year in a row. This is our only Sheila winner, Golden Sheila winner, who's won two years in a row. He's the Tom Hanks of the right. opening of did the Golden Chill Awards. Did he win last year? Will he wow. three peat is the answer. Well, did See, he win I, last I year? gave him, he, he was my favorite he was last your year. Favorite. Yeah. I don't oh, remember. I don't know if we overall. had clear cut winners last year. I don't think we had clear cut winners. Because yeah. <laughs> I think we yours was. gave Golden yeah. Chillers. I know. We just got <laughs> yeah, He got an away. honorary one last year. And so, I, therefore, will he gets two in a row. And will he three peat is the question. That is the future lie. We still have one last Golden Sheila to give out, and it is best hand fart. <laughs> best, best manual. Best feet, feet of manualism. I think I said this last time. So the best feat of manualism, even though he does it with his hands. <laughs> stupid. Dan Matisse's greatest moment. Now, there's so many, and everything he does is brilliant. And so it's just got to be something Very that just kind of tickles you, just like it just kind of takes your breath away or just uh, t touches your heart. And uh, I have my nominee, but I don't, I'm curious what you guys. I mean, I loved the Imperial March into Jean Jean. The dancing machine was great. Uh, wild thing. I remember Jason oh, saying yeah. it felt like your hands are speaking. <laughs> That's a pretty high compliment. That is beautiful. But I think I might have to give it. It was an early one. It was the episode where we did the sting, the entertainer. Oh, I think I might yeah. have to give it to the entertainer. That is beautiful. That was the first episode back after the first annual Golden Sheila's. Yes. And, and you even said, I, I, I seem to remember said, afterwards, yeah. Jason was like, that, that's a right. Like you, you're, you have, you know, whatever, uh, 29 or, you know, 30 some odd more episodes <laughs> right. to try to top that. Yeah. Right. And right. I never did. And I never <laughs> did. I don't know. Or maybe, what do you think, Jason? Go ahead. Those are all so excellent, Fred. I, I remember having a very warm spot in my heart for that's amore when you when you oh, yes. when you uh, hand farted that's amore but i think you're right fred i think it's 
I'm going to advocate for a tie between the entertainer and Imperial March into Gene Gene the Dancing Machine because yeah. that is that's just that's just magic on 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 two on two sweaty palms. Just episode fifty, <laughs> and for so many reasons, is really sort of rising to the top here well, with a lot of best, aspects. It got best shallot, best overall episode, and uh, best hand fart of yeah. The- yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. Now, Dan, you do have a, a vote here. I mean, it's... Uh... I, I, def- I defer to you guys. I'm just going to throw in just one c- consideration just in case yeah. it tops. What was your favorite? Yeah, what was your favorite to do, maybe? Empire uh, Strikes Back into Gong Show. Layla. I'm just going to throw that in there. That was a good one. Little that is beautiful. Your hands are like Meryl Streep. Everybody, <laughs> we just take it for granted. We just take excellence for granted. Every <laughs> so often, maybe. I don't even think you've ever had a Ricky in the Flash, but you are. <laughs> your sustained excellence and you're kind of, he can do anything. Anything. You're, it's you're really, it's majestic. Very kind. Everything I, do is, a, everything I do is a she-devil. Now listen, <laughs> the, okay, well, I'll go with you then on the Empire Strikes Back. And that means that that episode gets three of our I Golden Shields. That was a great episode. Fiftieth episode oh, celebration and the wedding of the century. Yeah. So go back so, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all the places you get your podcasts. Yes, uh, go listen, subscribe, tell your friend, tell your friends. We want new listeners yes. in twenty twenty two. What the heck do I do from Lord of the Rings? Oh, you don't. I the, can't do the Galadriel's damn song. What the hell am I going to do? <laughs> there's what a very the can't do. There's a kind of strong like main theme, don't you? Hold on. Yeah, play it. Let's just, I'll just play it. And I'll play a sound effect of somebody farting and I'll play the theme. Cool. All right, I can do it. All right, I'll do it. All right, there we go. Take you all the way back. Just playing the hits. Just just playing the hits. And now, the theme from Crossroads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was beautiful, Dan. Thank you so much for taking us out and into a brand new year. (laughs) Stupid. 
the wet fart of 2021 <laughs> comes to rest and and we look forward to a new year and all sorts of other horrifying adventures in the real world <laughs> and hopefully many many more uh joyful podcasts with you guys uh thank you so much for listening everyone thanks for joining us for our end of the year show happy healthy holidays to you all uh we're gonna return in the new year oh. uh, our first episode back we're revisiting january 18th 2008 and the three releases that weekend are mad money with katie holmes and queen latifah no 27 <laughs> dresses with katherine oh, heigl what? and cloverfield directed by uh, matt reeves uh the shaky cam footage alien invasion nauseous. movie. that was a great <laughs> movie i thought well i shouldn't say that I, I may revisit it and not care for it uh but that's uh directed by matt reeves who's got the new uh, batman film coming out in march uh, i think that was his calling card his first big film before he took over the planet of the apes franchise but yeah that's all coming up again that's what happens january rolls around and then you've got your Max Devlins, your Nothing But Troubles, your Four Keepses, all these, all these, all these, these your Wally Sparks come trickling out. <laughs> Oozing out. Hey, we've got to start, we've got to start cultivating the next crop of worst movie we saw this year's. And that starts at what better time than in January? No, I think it's going to be, I think 27 Dresses was a very popular romantic comedy and uh mad money i did not know much about it but i remember being like it, it you know what it looked like to me it looked like that movie that you were talking about with susan st james the bank heist oh, thing, how to meet the high cost of living yeah movie. That, that's what it kind of rem, uh, just okay. from the ad campaign that's what it reminded me of. in it i think you're right I didn't even say that, but I think you're right. Katie Holmes and Queen Latifah are who I recall, but I believe Diane Keaton is also okay. in it. I'll see it. I'll I mean, watch her do you know, Interesting cast. It should be. Yeah. It should be. Hey, it'll be fun to talk about, at least, I'm sure. So that's uh, in 2022 on opening weekend. Thanks, everybody. Happy holidays. Fart something. We normally end on you farting. Perfect. <laughs> The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Ted Wash's sarong knot. Ted Wash's sarong knot. Ted Wash's sarong knot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not going to work out well at all. We we just need to take that and put that at the end. <laughs> oh, I, probably I can't will. even guess. I'm so excited. I have no clue what you're no, doing. There's no, there's no, no good will come of this. But <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs>